Welcome back, friends, to Occultus Anonymous and our Mage the Awakening Chronicle Into the West. This is episode 28, Stories from Home. Welcome back, friends, <laughs> to Occultus Anonymous, sponsored by Roll20, the Onyx Path, and viewers like you. Thank you very much to our patrons who support us monetarily. Thank you to, oh boy. Uh, and yes, I did refresh this just before we went live. Adamantine Artillery, when arrows just don't cut it. Adele, Al, <laughs> Alexander, Angie Follett, Bernie, Buck, Chris, Clara, Doc the Undead, Doggo DeLune, Emil, Fudzo Surali, George, mm-hmm. Jack, James, Jenny, John Jacob, Jingleheimer Schmidt, John, Josh, Julian, Catfeathers, CrazyMan1772, Michael, Michael, Milo V3, Ms. Grumpy, Moku, Moral Liability, Mozart D minor, Nova, Nada McDragonton, Other Michael, Perry, Puppeteer, Riafio, Ryan, Shane, Shexara, Terran, The Crafty Man Prowls, Thomas, Usosama, <laughs> Vortex, and Zoltan. Thank you all very much for your support oh, and yeah. uh, well-meaning harassment. Um, uh, Let's get the Crafty Man coming. Into <laughs> the, uh, the West, he's rolling around the town. Can I slave him in the mine? He breaking rocks something. Yeah. Griffin, you're welcome. You haven't mentioned it in chat, and I was like, fine, hit refresh. We'll see what comes up. Uh, <laughs> heaven forbid yeah. anything happened where we had some of these people keep the same names two weeks in a row. Um, <laughs> if you too want to support us, that's patreon.com slash occultist anonymous or staylucky.club. And if you want to hang out with us, we Definitely appreciate that. That's www.yeetinto.space. And that's our Discord. Come hang bot, hang out. Because uh, I know some of you probably start hearing me say bye-bye and bail on the end of the YouTube episode. So you may have missed that. Okay. <laughs> Where were we? Everybody was back in town. Everything was settling mm-hmm. down. That's right. End of an adventure. End of a little, little adventure. And absolutely... Mm-hmm no kind of repercussions everything's fine all everything has been solved uh these bandits are most definitely well reformed and are not going to seek revenge more murder or ritual sacrifice everything's fine uh yeah they promise to behave themselves right. it's fine so well we, what matters is what happens to you right uh, so we pick up with the next day which ooh. I should go uh, open Conca real quick here and remember mm-hmm. what day it is. Um, because that is very handy to have. Uh, so this is the 25th of May of 1847. almost said 1947, which would have been a whole other campaign, which we probably should do a 1940s campaign at some point. Maybe 1939, 38. Punch more Nazis. Um right oh uh so that actually does make it a monday um i was trying to remember everything there but yes we are now basically back to normal more or less um after the hubbub of the weekend and confirmation from sheriff isabel that no the town is safe there's a conversation that happens uh well, away from all of you, and you all find, as you guys get up, start your day, stuff like that, rub your eyes, big old yawn, thank you, well time, Craig. Um, and, uh, well, actually, the farmers do not see this, but um, I guess it would be Sheriff Isabel and Cloak who see 
that the sharpshooters are now not patrolling around town, um, but are leisurely lounging around uh, mm. in places around town, specifically the outskirts, uh, finding a nice, you know, uh, shaded, you know, spot next to a building, sitting on the horse, a uh, couple guys just going out for a ride to get the horses, you know, stretch their legs, whatever. But there's a lot more of the men out and about compared to them usually hanging around Enright's property or staying up near the mine, um, notably for a cloak. The usual set of guards and security slash we handle the silver after it's out of the mine uh, mm -hmm. kind of squad, uh, they're still there. Uh, also, a quick reminder, just because it's come up in Discord a couple times, they are not mining raw silver veins. A lot of this stuff is uh, raw ore and... Um, would it be an alloy? Oh. It, um, wherein the silver is, you know, uh, mixed up with other materials that needs to be chemically or physically separated from it. Um, so a lot of this is not raw, shiny ready to be turned into lunar gent um, kind of silver. You hit, you hit a one by one square and then silver coins pop out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so, if you have matter, right. you but, could definitely I mean, do something If you have matter it. at that point, it doesn't matter. Mm -mm. Yeah, no, it, just it does squeeze matter. Squeeze silver out like a sponge. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> Blood from the stone, something, something? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. 100%. But, uh, yeah, so that's kind of thrown some folks off because this is not like martial law or a military presence in town. There's not enough of them and all of them are on fairly decent terms with the majority of the people in town. Um, but it is weird. It's out of the ordinary. Uh, but for the most part, everybody kind of moves on with their day because it's Monday and there's stuff to do and you know Sunday was the Lord's Day but uh, this is back to making making cash uh, mm. or in the case of Rilla um, you know back in the school um, which I think actually not I think I know uh, she makes mention to Theo because I just remember that Rilla stays with Theo um, mm. that makes mention you know, probably early in the morning that, hey, I uh, I know you all had a bit of an adventure the other night, um, and I'd love to hear about it. <laughs> and, and there's a definite, like, FOMO. Well, not even FOMO. She definitely missed out, and now she'd like to know about it. Um, but and, and oh, yeah. it's... Go ahead. No, yeah, Theo would have for sure fill her in as the first opportunity. So. Gotcha, yeah. Well, and if this is the first opportunity, that's fine. Right, and that's what that's what I was saying, uh, because she has to go off to school and, you know, more or less... Actually, I guess, how much how much manual labor do you do on the farms these days? Because uh, I know you, uh, you had talked about hiring at least a couple of the miners to do some of the, the labor, but how much time does... Catherine and Theo put into the physical labor, or is it a lot of we pay laborers to do stuff? 
Yeah, no, we're not uh, sitting on the porch drinking mint juleps or anything. We're just, right. It's a working farm. We're <laughs> farm wives. So. Um, we've got a couple of uh, folks from the mine to help out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a working farm, so gotcha. we're working. Gotcha. And so, uh, and very specifically, so like a lot of the day-to-day tasks they're probably handling, and it's mostly hire some uh, farm hands to come down when there's a lot of stuff or probably the more heavy physical labor kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh, plus we also need time to like uh, work the loom and stuff like that. Right. Cause right. she's making cloth. And that's the, cause that's the, that not sitting on a porch, but that was the thing I was yeah. thinking that they may actually be doing while the miners are doing, uh, let's get a little gender role here the more masculine work. Um, so yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so in, in Rilla's case, she's definitely like, Hey, listen, you've, you've got stuff to do. I've got stuff to do just, you know, Hey, tonight, at dinner or something like that. Let's let's get together. Um, and Rilla heads off. Uh, in case anybody's wondering, Gisela is working at the shop today because, yeah. <laughs> um, for uh, Cloak, the mine is, you know, working, well, actually, Sunday off for ship starts. And because uh, I've been meaning to ask, does Legba actually work any shift? Uh, because remember before he was basically being a shift leader for a while um, and you know we never determined what but now that Legba slash Cloak is kind of making this step back from the uh, it's all yeah no the children of broken chains um, um, is he still participating in the mine or is it a he has a, a room here and is just, I mean, everybody there knows who he is. It's only been a year. It's not like he suddenly disappeared. But is he kind of withdrawing from even the mine work? Gotcha. So he's no. getting so he's getting in and, and putting in his eight hours. Okay. Yeah. Just, just as before. Mm-hmm. So the shift leaders will be present, right? right? And I think what we discussed is that they're not mining as actively as everyone else is in the same ways, mm-hmm. but they're spending eight hours there doing whatever is needed in mm-hmm. order to help everyone else. Right. So if that's swinging a pickaxe, then that's what it will be. If it's carton ore, that's what it will be. Right. Just facilitating things. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's not neglecting the daily tasks that okay. are necessary as a part of the community. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was just what I was trying to figure out. It's like when exactly, or not necessarily when exactly, but what he was doing. So yeah, he's still mm-hmm. playing shift leader and not playing. He is a shift leader and foreman. So, okay, cool. So yeah. actually, yeah. Uh, and quick. then what we discussed is that they as a group discussed that at some point there was going to be a disentanglement of the mining and the community mm-hmm. right when there became a, a source of wealth or a means by which the town itself could su- be sustained without what's coming from the mines then les enfants could do other things and there wouldn't have to be this rather um strong commitment to it mm-hmm. no one's required to mine right if they want to do something else they can but the mining has been so important that people aren't neglecting it well actually since you brought that up, let's let's bring up a, a bit of a recap because I realize we haven't talked about this in, in a bit because it's been a year as they've been mining and we've had at least two abandon and say, we're not going back in there. Can't handle it. And they've left. Since then, there have been more people who have joined onto that shift mm-hmm. from outside of the Maroons. 
Um, oh yeah, that's right. In some and they've cases, wanted to take part in a number of the the practices and rituals, right. right? And and yeah, notably because you get a little of both. You have some of the miners over in the uh, we'll call it uh, mineshaft A, um, mm-hmm. who've been working there and have started to take part of some of the rituals, and because they they need it after seeing the collapses and things like that, there have been others who have shifted over to work in mineshaft b just because they've started to make some friendships over there and hey we had two Uh, miners leave can anybody oh yeah yeah we'll we'll go work over with them that that's fine um and so we're only a year in but that blend between the groups has started to happen there is a venn diagram Mm -hmm. of you know this group and this group and who's all there and stuff like that and for the majority the children of broken chains is almost predominantly the maroons who work on you know shaft b but there are there's starting to be a little bit overlap of the people who work on mine shaft a who are part of the cult some folks who are in working mine shaft b but are not part of the cult and it mm. is starting to be a little bit uh disassociated from one another um and especially since we have some of the folks who no longer even live in the barracks um and got together and said hey we're married um Y'all are great and all, but we'd like some privacy. We might want to start a family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I imagine we probably actually celebrated a birth at after a year. That would be let, great. Let me yeah. do let me do the math here. Nine months. Yeah, okay. Uh, we've had at least probably one baby amongst them. Um, so yeah, it is definitely that the roots are kind of settling in. Um, that's one of those things I was like, hmm, we haven't talked about that. Uh, Chris, you made I think a that's a wonderful oh, thing good. too, because I... if I can say, go ahead, Chris. I remembered a meme from deep in the dark past of the internet. <laughs> uh, I think it's wonderful that they're leaving this tight knit thing, or I shouldn't say wonderful. I think it's interesting because maroon communities were a means to find salvation and safety in the face of a number of terrible things that were happening, right? Whether they were slaves, whether they were leaving subjugation. Right, people went into the mountains in order to connect with each other and form a different community where they weren't um, subject to the same kinds of oppression mm-hmm. and violence. And now that they're here, right, there's this exploration of Purgatory Bluff and finding out that you know what, we can still stay connected. This is a safe place that we should look for opportunities to spread out a little more. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I, I would imagine that, that none of the Maroons have left the the connection, the community of the children, but Mm -hmm. um, it's starting to change as other people are joining. So, Um, And so, oh, that's what I was going to ask. So does Legba work the morning shift or is that because that's the the leadership position similar to um, what Furnace has over in A, has that now been something that uh, Sanite has taken over? I don't think so. I think um, it stayed the same because I imagine those shifts were allocated based on preference mm-hmm. because it was really egalitarian. Right. right? For, the, for was, them. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he really has always enjoyed leading morning meditations. So okay. unless I'll leave it up to you, unless that's that's something that's important to either of them, he would probably continue doing it. Yeah, I think that works. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, that morning. You're there, um, which kind of leaves Sheriff Isabel. I don't necessarily know what you do in the mornings. I think I'd go and talk to 
Oh god, I've forgotten his name. Give me anything. Jules. Antonio? Jules? No, the shop oh, owner. Oh, Anastasio. Mm. Anastasio. Not Antonio. I got the right letter, though. I'll give you that. General Ballpark. Yep. Yep. Um, try and find him for just a quiet little how are you feeling about this city or the town being patrolled? Gotcha. Not necessarily uh, gossip mongering, but more just feeling the pulse of the people. Yeah, really, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, very... Starting with him to see if, like, you know, if and right mentioned anything about it or... Yeah. Um, very easy to find him. He, you mm-hmm. know, he lives above the shop. Um, and if Gisela is working the shop that morning, then Anastasio has probably stepped in there and then is probably... Well, actually, you would know. You can hijack him and, and ambush him. Uh, on the way out to the farms, because that's usually his hmm. now daily routine of if Gisela or uh, Jules is working the Jules. shop, then he is like, okay, well, I'm going to go visit family. I'm going to go sit around a farm, and mm-hmm. uh, Anastasio does not have any problem sitting on the porch watching a bunch of his nieces and nephews working. Absolutely no mm-hmm. problem with that whatsoever. Uh, not his farm. He doesn't feel bad about it. But yeah, so he go- goes out and, you know, Beats with family out there. So where you wish to, uh, you know, meet up with them to chat is kind of kind of open to you. Yeah, all the way out to the farm is just fine. Gotcha. Sort of catch them on the, the edge of town right. or whatever. Before, before the bridge. Because, uh, yeah, right. if, if you catch them after the bridge, now it looks like you were chasing him. But beforehand, oh, this right. is just happenstance. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he pulls up and, and he gives you... Um, it's a mock salute, but it's not to mock you, right? Um, right. You know, Sheriff, you know, and his really bad, like, imitation mm. of, like, an English. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, hoping everything was calming down today after an eventful well, weekend? We all know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't want to hold you up. I know you're probably headed out to see family or whatever, but um, I was curious if Mr. Enright had said anything about having his voice um, sort of about town. And, you know, he's standing there. He's got the, the bright red, you know, tin cup steam coming off of it of coffee and kind of looks around. Well, damn. Oh, you had a <laughs> Like, points at the coffee and says, listen. <laughs> it's understandable. I, so, some people are early risers, and I'm just glad to be capable of walking this early in the morning. Uh, no, I, I hadn't really noticed. I saw uh, one of the men, and you could see, like, he was about to drop and be like, oh, yeah, I'm totally on first name basis with this guy, and it's like... Mm, one of the men uh, was out mm-hmm. and about, and I, I had a little conversation with him. But um, no, I hadn't. I kind of missed every man. Are they? Are they all out? Seemingly. Oh. Huh. Hmm. Well, all right. I mean, I'm not particularly bothered by it. I just wondered if you had heard anything from 
Mr. Enright uh, about planning to do that. No, he he hadn't mentioned anything. Uh, it's a surprise me. I, yeah, I'm kind of like you. I don't I don't mind it, but it is kind of odd, and it's not like them to come out and just hang around town, not when right. they've got that nice little bunkhouse yeah. up there. So, well, let me uh let me talk to a few other folks in town and kind of get a sort of a uh, lay of the land how everyone's feeling about it. Then maybe I'll go bring it up, Mister Enright. If it's you know if it's making folks nervous or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I, I can understand that, especially have a weekend. Everybody's worried about guns now. There's guns all around town. Okay. Well, um, have a good morning. He heads out. Notably, especially since you're out there towards the farms, you can look out and confirm for yourself that yeah, none of the none of Enright's guys are out towards the farms or anything like that. Everything's in town. Everyone say hi, Sarah. Hi, Ziggy. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> so you're saying you can kind of look out and confirm. There's no net of Enright's men out towards the farms or anything like that. Okay. Yeah, they're definitely all within town. Fair enough. Um... Yeah, I guess go talk to Madame Robert. Sure. Kind of the other figurehead of town. Um, and we, we haven't talked about it all too much, uh, but just to give you an additional person, obviously heading to Madame Robert makes sense. A, out of character, and also very much in character. Um, but uh, there's also his... We, don't, we haven't had reason to talk about him uh, all too much, so we've made mention of it. Uh, oh, my gosh. Oh, the priest? Hmm? The priest? Um, uh, well, actually, believe it or not, uh, both priests who are still currently nameless, now that I think about it, um, have a, have very much siloed themselves away. Um, hmm. And uh, But it's actually uh, Grigori, <laughs> uh, who's the barber. Um, he's, mm-hmm. And he's uh, notably because he is probably short of... Um, uh, Egg Rock, the people may not know it, is probably the most traveled person, mm-hmm. um, beating out even uh, Gisela's family in terms of total mm-hmm. distance travel because he'd been all over Europe throughout the US until uh, coming here. Um, and so he's he's definitely got that worldly experience. He's, you know, 50, 55. Um, so he's got that like been around, seen a lot, done a lot, seen diseases and you know stuff like that. He's a very practical kind of guy, um, and compared to Madame Robert, who can be not necessarily flighty, but can be you know a little bit. Uh, well, actually, her and Anastasio can be very energetic and stuff like that. Grigori is the like, listen, been through this, seen this. Let's everybody just be kind of calm and cool and collected. That's. Kind of my bad because I haven't been bringing him up, but uh, that's fair. Um, 
so yeah, heading in to meet Madame Robert, who, uh, yeah, she is holding court in the tavern because it's what she does. Um, mm-hmm. And is, you know, helping clean stuff up. And uh, notably, um, probably saw it when you woke up this morning, but is bringing in a piano. Ooh. It's an upright piano, but yeah, it's pretty, and she is fussing over it like a new baby. Um, and it's being set up, and tables are being rearranged, and she's staring at one table. So it's the beat up table that's always kind of been in the corner, and she's looking at it, and she's you know flanked by a couple of the guys who work in the back. There are our nameless, you know, uh, brewery crew. Yeah, firewood. <laughs> she pronounces it um, on the on the table, um, and they're like, "All right." <laughs> start to hustle it out with the chairs because it got to make space for the piano. If she doesn't like make eye contact for her with Isabel or whatever, when she comes in, then Isabel will post up like not directly behind her, but like, you know, behind her and a few feet back. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dramatically. I think you walk in and you've got the back, back of her and the guys, the table. And then beyond it is the new, uh, piano that's set up on that far wall. Uh, so yeah, you can kind of find a spot to lean. Oh no, you're going to play. Mm-hmm. And start playing a song and just trill a few little notes. And then in that like big dramatic, like storytelling, singing voice, start like singing the song about, you know, uh, the poor, something obsolete being the replaced. Poor little table or... that couldn't. <laughs> sure. No. <laughs> I was singing about her flute. Oh, okay. I gotcha. <laughs> she, yeah, Madame Robert kind of turns around and like locks eyes with you and says, listen, you're welcome to come and perform anytime you want, Sheriff. Um, actually, does Isabel have a, a, a tin star or anything that she wears? Or is it just like everybody knows? So. Everybody yeah, okay. knows. She's going to go tap you on the... And- Sheriffing doesn't take up all of right. her time. Like, oh, yeah. We established that she's still working oh, yeah. there and lives there and everything. It's not like it's a, oh, yeah. a change, not a super change yeah. dynamic. When, especially because between I mean, them, I don't she's think. still got to pay her rent and stuff like right. that. Sheriffing exactly. doesn't. Sheriffing doesn't pay. Doesn't yet pay. Yes, that's fair. Um, and so you know, she. So if we keep, if we keep, not making trouble, but. Trouble keeps finding, yeah. You know, addressing trouble, then you know that's just job scary. Yeah. So she, yeah, she she rolls um, her eyes. Is, you're yeah. you're welcome, and you know if we can find somebody who can play, and she kind of gives you a look. Uh, <laughs> well, can you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, she's like, yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> also, as I, I understand it, fun to a uh, our our. Uh, her school marm is quite the pianist. So, if we can... And like, you realize all of a sudden that you have walked into an ambush um, wherein she is looking oh, no. at you and she's like, so, you know, if we can... Because, well, the townsfolk get a little funny about Rilla being in the tavern and drinking around booze. You know, she's supposed to be upright and, you know well-behaved and being in here a single woman and playing a beauty yeah so if you can just you know talk to a couple people and kind of point out that well you're a wholesome young lady who plays the flute here 
I mean, what's what's it different if Rilla is, you know, playing the piano? Craig, stop laughing. <laughs> it's just, you know, one of those things. And then maybe, you know, you can get the two of you doing an accompaniment. Who do I have to lean on here, Miss uh, Madame Robert? <clears throat> well, you know, Mrs. Bauer has been looking in on young Rilla and I imagine she won't care but you may want to talk to Theo because she's gotten Mama Bear I'm kind of amazed that the two of them have agreed on something Mrs. Bauer and, and, and the widow Stokes but they both kind of clung on to that young Rilla anyways there's probably some other folks but you turned a couple people the right direction and everybody else will just shut their traps. Fair enough. But you came here not to be uh, ambushed and pressured. <laughs> no. You came to talk about a different sort of story. Mm-hmm. One developing in our very town today kind of looks back towards the, you know, the double, well, just the big solid door and what's going on? And like, especially oh, no. after this past weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anastasio and I were noticing that uh, Mr. Enright's men are all about town today with iron on their hips well that's not <laughs> Mr. Enright said everything was fine you said everything was fine it is so I'm just kind of they, they asking around a little bit seeing how people feel about it are they are they walking around I as got a, a little posse like she no, they're, leans they're spread out they're you know they're being subtle about it a little bit. I mean, no, not that Anastasio didn't notice. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, you know, makes her way over that, the. They caught my eye the, as I was headed around town this morning. Foggy, yeah, kind of foggy-ish. You know, windows and kind of looks out, squints through, and yeah, there's a couple of them out there. Huh. What does that mean? have a problem with it, but I just wanted to see if it was, you know, get a feel for how folks were feeling about it. See if anybody was feeling uh, a little nervous about it or whatnot, especially after this weekend. I don't have a particular problem with it right now. Right. Uh, come Wednesday, mm -hmm. Thursday, and they're still out there. Like, because Madame Robert has had it out with Mr. Enright on multiple counts talking about property, especially like who owns the tavern. Um, right. And that's been a sore subject that has gone back and forth and from your views of things has kind of stalemated. Mm -hmm. Neither of them are willing to yield that they actually own the tavern. Mr. Enright's never come to claim any of the money that it makes. Mm. Um because that would probably be the thing that <laughs> really sets things off, but um, yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, so it's definitely one of the those sore spots. And yeah, so he she makes a comment of, what is that man up to? All right, well, I won't particularly put your name to the forefront of it, but I might go have a conversation with him about it. All right, yeah. Like I said, if it's just a today thing, if it's just holdover from yesterday, okay. But this carries on. Feels like he's trying to watch us. <laughs> I'm... I'm sure it's not meant in a... Uh, anything but a protective manner. Better be. You can definitely tell, like, she, she's like, now that that has, that least, has been brought well, forward to her. And she, like, she, like, doesn't quite say it all the way out loud, but she's like, especially, or at least if it's Warner that's done this. You don't think. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, you go find out what's happening up there because stir I, in the pot. <laughs> I swear. All right, never mind. Just that boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, she kind of turns and like there's a big swish of her um, uh, of her skirts, and she walks over to the piano. And uh, hang on, let's see here. I gotta see, I gotta see, I gotta see. I'm, I'm sure it's way wrong, but. Huh. Yeah, okay, 1909. She's gonna, gonna start playing some fan of the opera, but way off. Oh. Uh, I mean, yeah, she starts playing some like. What's the, uh, is it Beethoven's fifth? Mm-hmm. Dun, 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 dun. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's probably fine. <laughs> Yeah, and she and she said she's not great, but she's passable. You can get uh, those notes at least, yeah. right? Yeah, eighteen oh eight. Yeah, because we're we're really concerned about our historical accuracy around here. Um, only when it's a pop culture reference. Everything else, we don't care. That's right. Um, and then I guess uh, find out what the. The barber feels about it. Okay. Um, Grigori? Grigori. Um, though he's definitely one of those guys who uh, every, you know, it's Matt Vive. Mr. Mr. Matt Vive, you know. Where is he from? Uh, Slovakia. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he speaks four different languages. So, yeah. Um, he... Probably before Mortimer showed up, he was the smart guy in town. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, he's sitting out and because people are weird, um, nobody really likes talking to him, hanging around him. People are weird about surgeons because mm -hmm. they do weird yeah. stuff and they know things about bodies and can be a little irritating and other than the few people who come in to get a shave, you know, I'm not all that interested in talking with him. Um, it's because the pie shop hasn't opened yet. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he tends to sit out on his porch and just 
watch people go and is usually either uh, whittling um, some mm-hmm. very, very intricate woodworking stuff, which he does sell. Um, and that's a lot of the, you know, knife work and and stuff like that. Or is sitting out smoking a pipe um, and is occasionally talking with uh, his son-in-law, uh, Tobias. Uh, who's the, the young man, air quotes, uh, he's 33, who's learning to be or is mm-hmm. an assistant uh, to his work. Um, but usually he and his wife are off doing their own stuff. She's a seamstress. Um, anyways, uh, all this stuff is in Conca. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, you know, out tonight or today, uh, he's just sitting whittling away on you know, long, like, six foot length of uh, wood and looks like, like a, a walking stick. Walking stick. Mm-hmm. And so he's whittling away on that real careful details and as you kind of arrive looks up at you gives you a nod and turns his head back down to his work. Mind if I bend your ear there sir? Looks over to the chair next to him just kind of thumbs over towards it Sure, for now. She'll take the graciously offered seat. <laughs> You're a uh, observant sort, yeah? Mm, it helps in my line of work. Anything you noticed about town today? Well, kind of stops, kind of sits up and says... You had a talk with Anastasio, and then you just were in with Mortimer. Anastasio was chatting with... I cannot remember the name of the guy. Uh, it, is, it is the long-running flirt mm-hmm. between Anastasio and... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those two had a quiet conversation uh, around the, their uh, <laughs> uh, house, and uh, let's see, what else have I seen? Uh, oh, and of course, you know, all of Enright's men down in town again. Yeah. I'm just kind of uh, gauging how folks are feeling about armed men still being around town. Well, I have when a our crisis has been, uh, if not averted, diverted. Well, I have a personal, I guess, professional aversion to firearms and violence. So, not a... Uh, Understandable. Not exactly pleased with them, but they're all facing outward for now. When they start looking inward, then I'll start <laughs> having some issues. You feeling nervous, Sheriff? Hmm. Perhaps nervous isn't the right word, but a shade shy of concerned, perhaps. 
Now, you ask me my experience. It's the sheriff who's got all the young men with guns behind her. Him, her, whoever. Exactly my concern. So I take it Mr. Enright didn't uh, have a conversation with you <laughs> about his men coming into town and doing your job for you? Not so much. But it's not the... Uh, I'm not considering it a slight to me. Really just trying to see if how the town feels about it. Kind of leans back a little bit, thinks over that, and nods to you and says, so if the town's okay with it, then you'll be more okay with it? Absolutely. That's downright egalitarian of you. (laughs) (sighs) I realize I've given this guy like a real folksy accent and he shouldn't have one, but there we are. I mean, one one of the things that having being multilingual can do is you have a lot of idioms to pull from. That's true. If you can like sort of self-translate in that in ways that make sense, then come up with a, with a lot of what did you just say? Uh, it makes more sense in in French. Yeah. <laughs> um. Whereas Isabel speaks, you know, Spanish and. Kind of English. English. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that, but uh, I would say the town has done growing, and for the most part, it has been. growing away from being totally in control of Mr. Enright. Kinda rocks in the chair a little bit and nods and says, yeah, it's about right. And while Warner's in charge, I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. I I've had limited conversations. Oops. So I am blanking on his name. Ike. Ike. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I've had limited interactions with Ike. Seems that he doesn't ever come down for a shave and for some reason doesn't like talking to me. Fair. as. A lot of folks like that. Um, and like there's a little nod of deference to the fact that you are sitting here and having a conversation with him. But I uh, I will be very interested to see what happens if uh, Ike finds himself in a position of authority. Power. Authority. Ownership. A little bit of that. 
I hope I'm hoping he rises to the occasion and, and, and grows up a little bit. I'm curious how much of this is his behavior is because his dad doesn't trust him with much. How much is just him being a spoiled brat? <laughs> I imagine, uh, well, hopefully that's a ways off. We wouldn't want to wish ill on our, uh, fine, uh, called patron of the town. Patron, I like that one. All right, well, maybe I'll ride up there and see what, uh, folks in the big house are thinking. Right. Have yourself a good Monday. Thanks, so, sir. It goes back to whittling away. We could jump to somebody else. Yep. Because um, I was going to bring up uh, down at uh, the farm, uh, is there anything that Theo's been up to besides, you know, probably doing a bit at the loom and checking stuff out. And is, I mean, let's be honest at the end of the day, there's not a lot of big things that have to happen every day on the farm. You got your chores. Once those are done. Hmm. No, um, just working hard for you is, uh, often away for periods of time. There's all kinds of unexplained bullshit. So when she's on duty, she's like, throws herself into it. Gotcha. Catches to try up and make up the... for, mm-hmm. And she's got out of mind that she's going to be uh, um, taking a trip in the near future. So <laughs> she's going to make some, some good pill. <laughs> Get them brownie points now while you can. That's sure. right. Um, cool. Um, but otherwise, just going through, doing chores, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. um, might be looking to have a talk with uh, Coke later. Or Jean Paul. All right. Uh, yeah. So you'll probably, you know, out and about, you definitely see Anastasius making the rounds because, especially once down in the farms where everybody is a cousin or an in law or in some way, I mean, you can play three degrees of Anastasio um, down around at the Two, farm. Two, probably. <laughs> Two, probably, yeah. Uh, save for a few like the Stokeses. Um, and even then, you step beyond you know familial relations and you just talk about who's friendly I mean then yeah one degree of separation to Anastasio um, but he's you know being loud talking sh- shouting at neighbors doing a lot of the big wave as he's walked by stuff like that um, I'm like okay cool without Ash here I can't quite do the, the balanced full round <laughs> in the first half an hour or hour and a half um Cool. Uh, so then jumping up to uh, uh, Legba. Well, actually, mm-hmm. Cloak at the time because you're in the in the mine. Um, but normal day in, day out kind of stuff. Um, but there is um, a moment that, well, not a moment. There's, there's an area of time wherein, yeah, one of the tunnels, one of them uh, has has to be shut down at the 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 mine 
the vein, that's the word I'm looking for, that they've been following and working and gathering up is, it's out. There's a few more exploratory digs and stuff like that to try and clear out more space to see if they find more, but the vein that they were on is is kaput. Um, and so, yeah, you have a conversation with basically the team that was working there and have to reassign them elsewhere. Yeah, that's good to know. But it's a good reminder. Yeah, that, that is definitely quote, the quote. little clock. <laughs> yeah, Quote puts a mental pin on that. Uh, and there are a few ways that he thinks that we should explore uh, how to solve it. Or what to do. Shouldn't say solve as though it's necessarily a problem. Just what choice we're going to make in response to it. And of course, Cloak's goals for the day are to get to know thing, get to know the the prisoners that we liberated and then start searching for their homes in the Tamenos. Um, cool. Uh, that'll be after your... Well, actually, that's true, because if your shift started right about dawns... Yeah, starts at like 5 or 6 mm-hmm. after the meditations. Yeah, so that puts it... Yeah, so a little bit afternoon would, would be when yours ends, because 5 to 7. Yeah, yeah. Ends, about, ends about 1 or 2. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so we'll uh, we'll actually jump over to that real quick and pick up with a uh, conversation with Ike. Maybe after the break, uh, but uh, or Warner and Ike probably. Um, but yeah, the men do 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 do, or uh, rescuees, I guess. Um. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Had to find them. Um. Uh, have been basically bunked up in uh the other mines barracks. Um. Because Madame Robert is a generous and caring woman. Except when she's not. <laughs> <laughs> Except when they're talking about. Well, you got a couple rooms up there. Yes, I do for paying men. <laughs> uh, if some of them were wounded and needed a place to recover, then maybe it's different. But they're they're a little travel weary, hungry, and tired. Nah. <laughs> um, so she. Uh, so they've been over in the other mine, um, not the other mine, but the other barracks. Um, so if you want to pick up, basically after lunch. Uh, yeah. going and meeting up with them. Uh, they're they're over there playing cards with some of the other miners sitting around swapping stories um, for today and a little bit of yesterday. They're the not necessarily celebrities um, because nobody's in awe of them, but you know, they're the new thing. Right, exactly. Um, and uh, especially among the miners, you know, they're kind of curious what's going on and uh while the five guys were not actually part of the infantry aspect of the U.S. Army, um, they were part of the army. So they've seen action. They've seen battles. Um, and to hear them tell it, uh, you know, if it wasn't for them on the supply lines, whole battles would have been lost, which functionally <laughs> accurate. But um, the way they play it up, of course, you know, they were constantly fighting off raids and things like that. 
but yeah so when you walk in that's kind of what you what you see um or okay I, I guess if you find them someplace else you can do that too I'm okay talking to them while they're playing cards mm-hmm. uh cloak is not in the guise of plagueva so he's going to approach this as bluntly as he's inclined sure so he walks into the barracks where they're all playing cards. Is there a chair nearby? Are they sitting around a table? Like I imagine, what's, what's yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty packed because um, that's the the game that's going on. And I imagine it's, mm-hmm. you know, multiple people sitting on. Well, I guess they probably have some space that they've kind of pushed away as long as they've been there. Yeah. And actually, I guess that's a good comparison mm-hmm. compared to the bunkhouse that you all built, which is probably fairly utilitarian and has a couple um, bedrooms for basically the three of you um, uh, as as leadership. Um, these guys don't have leadership rooms anymore. Um, Furnace, um, Marina, and um, oh my gosh. It's not Tobias. It's just Tahoma. Hmm? Tahoma. Tahoma. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, all now have small like cottages, uh, little one room cottages, but that are near the mines. Uh, so they have their own places separate away uh, from the men, um, which it was originally brought up. And I was like, well, Marina needs a place <laughs> and that, you know, it's like, well, let's give it for all. the. And so they do not own the cottages. Those are just the shift leader cottages. Um so yeah, I guess they probably have turned some of the the spaces that were in there into, you know, little little rec room for lack of a better term. Especially because there are miners who are there who are probably trying to sleep because hey guys, I have the evening shift, so or the late night shift. So yeah, actually, I guess that makes sense. There's probably a real rudimentary college dorm furniture kind of setup where it's a big slab of wood. Or, you know, a piece of a pallet that's been kind of, you know, put together into a into a table and they're playing with actually probably the deck of cards and the chairs that they're sitting on are probably the the only real pieces of quality furniture in this room. Um, the deck of cards is a piece of quality furniture. Well, OK, uh, <laughs> I'm just teasing. Yeah, oh, no, I know it's, it's <laughs> I mean, last week, what did we get on to looming pits or looming, looming wells? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's but yeah, right. uh, the, 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 you know, the well cared for stuff, but the the, the mm-hmm. table surface is, you know, old and worn. Actually, probably somebody should let them know that uh, Madame Robert is getting rid of a table now that I think about it. Um, but uh, if only yeah, anyone the, here knew that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so but yeah, they're sitting around and they're playing cards well a couple of them are playing cards some are just you know leaning against the wall but it's you know a nice little spot of conversation um Mm -hmm. and it's not nearly as lively as a tavern gets um in terms of excitement and stuff like that there's definitely the feel of more of a hominess kind of Mm -hmm. you know relaxed atmosphere some of the guys are drinking um because they're not on shift or actually probably because they just got off shift same as you did um but yeah so there's probably no available chair but there's you know standing room and stuff like that uh Mm because the table is full of people playing cards for the moment all right cool uh let's see Hmm. cloak's gonna look for uh, a good place to lean against the wall Mm -hmm. so that he does not have to move um because i think you can imagine what he's gonna do here Mm mm-hmm 
he um, when he meditated this morning, he left his astral self in the Tamenos in Purgatory Bluff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with the anticipation that he would be able to begin his sojourn in sort in search of these people's homes. Sure. So, but he hasn't done anything asked at that point. There's just been, you know, quiet contemplation of his astral self while he's had to do a lot of physical tasks and therefore hasn't been able to move his body from where he initially left it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before he resumes doing stuff in the astral, he takes up a position where he's not going to have to move very much and he can just continue to engage in a mentor social activity, right? And so uh, he walks to a place in the wall and looks around at the game and I imagine if people are greeting him and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, because as you walk in, while yeah. there's various levels of respect that the miners here have, uh, the people mm-hmm. who have been here a year or more who have seen the oh, rescue, yeah. right? It's oh, like, oh, this yeah. is uh, Unga and Cloak. And, you know, some of them kind of stumble over the word. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's 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 some definite respect of like, we know this guy, we like this guy. This guy saved people. Um, cool. The other right. folks who know, okay, he's a shift leader and, you know, some stuff like mm-hmm. that. So there's various levels. And then there's other folks who are like, he's he's a shift leader along the other side, you know, or may not even recognize you. Um, but yeah, various, you know, things of respect. And there's definitely some like elbowing from some of the more veteran Miners who are like, no, 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 that's Ungun Cloak. It's not Cloak, it's Ungun Cloak. Uh, there's some, some correction there, and some. There's definitely some, you know. I don't want to say racial hostility or. Well, tension, I guess, is probably the right term, where people are like, hang on. He's a yeah, black guy. Think about the time. Right. Yes, exactly. Uh, and, I, I would be I mean, su- surprised the- if everyone in the mine was not racist. Right. Or sorry, never mind. In that room was not mm. racist. Right. It, it would not make sense to me. Right. There's also even the like positive reception probably has some like exoticism yep. to it. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you're right about that. So. Yep. He's one. Of, he's one of the good ones. Right. <laughs> Oof. Yep. That kind of thing. Uh. So yeah. Okay. Great. He'll accept those greetings, and he'll watch the game for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he'll clear his throat and he'll say gentlemen I have to talk to you about something like the whole room everybody kind of turns because you've been quiet I imagine up until then and yeah. they look like there's for now your your game um, is much less important than what I want to ask you about so I need your full attention there's there's some shift yeah there there is some expressions and several of the, of the card players kind of turn back to their game and like hey Annie up uh, mm-hmm. immediately dismiss it. there's a couple of folks who are like okay what's what is going on uh, yeah. but yeah kind of divided uh, situation cool um are any of the people who don't pay attention uh, one of the the people who were rescued um I imagine. Most of the rescued people are at this point, like like we said, the, the exoticism of like, who is this guy? So they're watching. Uh, but okay. yeah, you know, I, I imagine. And how many of them are there? Uh, five total uh, who are rescued. Uh, I imagine one of them right. has like already kind of tuned you out and is back into the game because he's up. Right. OK, sure. Um, and then he says, you five 
who were recently in bondage mm-hmm. and who were freed and brought here can, if you wish, be returned to your homes on the morrow swiftly without pain or incident. I said this to you last night and you laughed in my face. You can laugh again now, but tomorrow you will see the truth. If this seems strange to you, I would ask you to invite the wisdom of those in here who treat me with the respect I deserve, those who've seen me aid others, those who know the truth of my words and my heart. In exchange for this help, I wish for something. I wish for your and then Cloak, Cloak learns like turn, turns his head like he's going to say something a little less direct and blunt he says I wish for you to think fondly on where you are now that you were once in hell and that in order to leave it and return home you had to pass through purgatory Also love that metaphor. Um, I think in order to like grab all five of their attention, um, mm-hmm. probably an expression roll because uh, I don't think cool. yeah I don't think it's quite persuasion. Um, mm-hmm. And then that's what I was hoping for. I'm gonna put a negative on it. I'm trying to figure out because it's a group of them, so I'd be like minus two, but they're also being influenced by the rest of the room. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, let's just call it minus three. All right, sounds good. Presence. Expression. He's being inspiring here. Let's hope he succeeds. Spends a willpower. Minus three gives him seven dice. Let's see what else. Nope. All right. All right. Success. <laughs> Whoop. Oh, okay. Yep. I heard you say the willpower and then in one ear out the other. <laughs> okay. Uh, so plus three minus three. Yep. Cool. So yeah, the, the five of them now are watching. Not necessarily that but they believe you, but they're mm-hmm. like, okay, what's this? And, you know, there's especially after the explanation and the mention of, you know, listen to the wisdom. There's a couple of the guys who leaned over and like, no, like, Ungun Cloak knows voodoo. Like, uh, <laughs> Great. Urban, right. you know, Haitian voodoo, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we've seen him do things and like, there's a quick like retelling of, no, I watched him like dig out, you know, like, and they you know, mentioned the tunnel that at this point mm-hmm. has now been cleared out and they're mining again mentions like oh yeah there's that tunnel there that you know you know, we showed you around the mine that one we talked about yeah he's the guy who just ripped a hole through it you know so very very quick you know muttered stuff you know a couple different conversations happening um the the susurrus of conversation kind of builds up and the the five guys who dropped their names Excellent in case you want to just words. grab a name at any point um kind of perfect nod and you know, kind of like one of the guys playing cards, like folds and kind of looks back. And, you know, there's a lean, the, the, the very roguish lean back in the chair, arms cross. Uh, but there, you definitely have their attention. 
Great. Okay. So um, having accomplished that, he then uh, names them individually. Sure. And he says, he, he looks to them in turn. And he says, Samuel Dawson, Adam Morgan, Theo Evans, Marcos Sweeney, Francisco Morton. I need each of you to tell me as much as you know about your town, and I will find those places. And tomorrow, I will deliver you unto them. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, you know, there's some laugh, and you know, because again, you'd brought this up before, and there's, there's a couple elbowing, and both from a no, no, respect him to oh yeah, yeah, you know, give this a try. But nonetheless, you know, kind of prompting them. And so, um, you know, Francisco, you know, kind of, you know, hang on. Had a moment. Just realized. I'm with sure. San Francisco. Was that founded? I don't need their current time. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. So Francisco says, yeah, I'm from out west. Great city of San Francisco. Out on the coast. You think you can get me back across godforsaken territory over the be the Rockies, yeah, the Rocky Mountains um, tomorrow? Yes. Well, shit. I'll pay you everything I got in my wallet if you can manage that. Bear in mind, of course, he definitely yeah. does not have his wallet. Um, I only ask you to pay goodwill to this town. If you can commit to that wholeheartedly, then our deal is struck. I'll be honest. Y'all rescued me, and then y'all put me up, and then, like, you know picks up a you know whatever he's drinking from giving me a drink yeah which gives a little you know round of cheers right um i think pretty highly of all you already you get me home tomorrow i'll need to start avoiding the, the u.s army but at that point i think purgatory bluff is the what do you say saintliest place in in the world Great choice of words. Uh, they, they go around and kind of explain where they're from. Notably, uh, 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 Francisco Morton is the easiest to figure out. Well, okay, cool. Samuel is from New York City. Uh, All right. New York City. <laughs> exactly. Someone said it before me. Yep. Uh, Adam Morgan, Theo Evans, and Marco Sweeney are definitely from like nowhereville towns, uh, basically throughout the, well, I almost said Midwest, but we're literally in the Midwest. Um, mm -hmm. But out towards like uh, uh, Appalachians, basically, you know, Kentucky, Tennessee, mm. um, and Virginia. I almost said West Virginia, but I was like, no, no, no. It's, Virginia. It's a whole damn place currently. Fun fact, that song everybody loves mm -hmm. is about Western Virginia. Mm. Not the state West Virginia. Mm. 
Oh, it okay. I put that. I was like, "What song are we talking about?" Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm with you. Adventure Roads, take me home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quick, not the DMCA. Uh, Let's see if we can get somebody playing that in the background on a guitar. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. All right. So years early for John Denver. <laughs> are they all in the same uh, state or in different states? Oh yeah, they're different states. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And different states. Yeah. Notably, uh, cool. Francisco is the only one from the West Coast. Everybody else is from the East Coast. Um, cool. And as Chat pointed out, yes, his name is not actually Frisco Morton uh, or Francisco Morton. Um, he's just called that because he's from San Francisco, and he's kind of the ah okay. Right, and he is the he is the oddball of the bunch because he's from the West Coast and he left all that bullshit and the mining and all that to try and find something new and got into the army and yep so he was a gold miner uh yeah actually hang on well the gold rush is in a year right right oh no it's still 1847 mm-hmm. right no it has passed the year it's 1848 so no no we are now 1847 because we started oh we are okay we, okay cool yeah so the gold rush is in two years yep but yeah there's there's other mining that was definitely out there too but yeah he was he okay. was definitely like laborer on a ship something like that and it was like yeah right. let me let me find something better where i don't have to break my back and mm. <laughs> now he's sitting in a mining camp like no 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 no, get me out of here yeah that makes sense to me great okay so we um and should we uh, should i assume that they have thereby given Cloak sufficient information that if he spends uh, a considerable amount of time searching for um, first those nameless towns mm-hmm. and then how to find New York City and San Francisco, which I assume will be easier, that he'll be able to locate them. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because okay, and, and th- there's definitely the bittersweet melancholy well yeah bittersweet you know as they start talking about the towns that they grew up in and the people they left behind because they went and sought their Mm -hmm. fortune or you know what have you um you know signed up for the army because i cared about blah 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 um and now they're like yeah i just want to go home (laughs) especially now after after the several weeks and or month of being held captive by bandits who were unbeknownst to them and they still don't know virtually sacrificing yeah Yeah. we don't know what was happening to them yeah all right cool great so he'll spend some time talking to them you know as uh, he's soaking it in and preparing for a national sojourn because then he's going to sequester himself for the rest of the day so that he can continue to have conversations with people but he doesn't have to move Mm -hmm. from a place uh, and and then uh, just a quick question: Where does he do yes. that? Does he does, like? Because uh, I was thinking he would do it in the barracks because that was the obvious thing. But no, because people are there and they might want private conversations. So does he basically set up shop in the the meditation? Okay, because hmm. that's a uh, a quiet space for everyone. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't look strange for him to be sitting there meditating. And it's also a place that people know to find him if they can't find him anywhere else. That's like a default spot where he hangs out. Uh, so yeah, then um, he'll thank them. Actually, I can do this in character. After everyone is uh, 
shared that information, right? Told their stories. Uh, he acknowledges by name the people who uh, gave him respect and encouraged others to do so. And then he repeats the names. Mm-hmm. So he says Samuel, Adam, Theo, Marcos, and Francisco. Meet me. Ooh, yeah. I'm trying to think real quick. This is out of character. I'm trying to think. Where's a good spot to do this? The crossroads, what would Cloak man. think of as a? The that's crossroads. what I was thinking. Perfect. Yeah. Because <laughs> and because uh, I, I, you know not to not to play your character, but this might be a thing where mm-hmm. Cloak isn't even. Yeah. I'm not doing anything, but you go to the crossroads, and mm-hmm. somebody will will see you home. Legba will yeah. see you home. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Uh. And that's perfect. Okay. So he says. Um, Meet me west of town. No, actually, why would you say a direction? There is a crossroads outside town where people can find help if they need it, if they are pure of heart. Meet me there tomorrow. Tomorrow morning. And you will all go home. Oh, no, he doesn't say meet me there. He says... Come there tomorrow at dawn, and you will go home. Cool. I like it. Yeah. Cool. Great. <laughs> there, there's, there's some, you know, comments and some jokes about dawn. Really. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, he's, you know, they're sitting there with a bunch of other guys who are up at dawn, anyways. Or their shift starts at dawn, and mm-hmm. you know, one of them looks over at you and like big old grin. Don't worry, I'm going to cloak. We'll make sure they're up. <laughs> we'll kick them out of bed for you. Uh, and it's definitely one of those like, well, I don't think this is going to happen, but any excuse to prank somebody and wake them up at dawn because we're up at dawn too, sure, we'll do it. Um, and some of it is, yeah, there's there's a little maliciousness that this is going to fall on its face. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, across the board there's a whole bunch of miners who are like yep they'll be up we'll get them out there excellent there's social pressure for them to follow through on this even if they don't believe that it's going to work out right (laughs) so it's great fantastic cool Uh, uh so then let's see this is what cloak does um he leaves their 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 presence and uh he, before he heads to the mine, he goes to find, uh, he just very briefly goes to find Isabel, Theo, uh, Gisela, and Rilla. Mm-hmm. And because it was otherwise, it's going to cost him a bunch of mana to do this. Um, and just to let him know, let them know that he's going to be in the mine for the rest of the day, meditating and trying to accomplish this. And if they want to come talk to him, he's open for it, just as they know he'll be able to. So. Yep, I like that. Cool. Well, Theo would have a quick question when you stop by. Excellent. Um, you know that journal? Yes. Can you make a physical copy of that? Extract it somehow? I could transcribe it from my mind. You couldn't just pull out a physical copy? Hmm. I summon it. Pull it out. Oh. I could. I was thinking I 
it's been on my mind a lot lately, and I, if I could read through it, I could plan out how long, or try to plan out how long it might take, and we might make some preparations and inform decisions about whether or not to follow it. Hmm. That's a good idea. Maybe we could also borrow it from Mortimer again. Mm -hmm. Was Craig here when we discussed that? Where the journal was? Yeah, I think so. That we could have it physically if we wanted. Mm -hmm. He's the one that asked the question. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think we we decided that Rilla has it. Mm -hmm. Oh, that Rilla has it. Yeah, I mean, and and I don't care. At, At this point, it's been a year. It's been passed mm-hmm. around. Whoever whoever needs it yeah. can have it. Now that said, it is much cooler to summon the Goetia of the journal. Uh, yeah, it is. But I could, if you wish. We could also look at the physical. Would you prefer an incarnation of what's in my mind? Hmm. Right, because we have a copy of the physical. Is that right? Okay. We do indeed. Oh. Um. It would be... Remember that if I do remove it from my Oneros, it oh. will not be there while you're holding it. Oh, well then never never mind that. Let's <laughs> keep it there safe. I didn't oh, realize gosh. it was... Yeah, summon it up, destroy it. Well, <laughs> I've forgotten it. I, yeah, I, I frequently yeah. forget about that aspect of it, yeah. I didn't it's realize cool that aspect, if you summoned right? it, it was gone. Yeah. Um, there's something to be said that Cloak had fluent high speech, so he was able to read it. So the version that he summons would likely be a translated one. Mm, that's a really good point. Yeah, that's right. I or was able to share it with everyone. Be. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because I transcribed, I made a copy of it for Mortimer, right? Or no, I told him that's what happened. Mm-hmm. I didn't write it down. I just said I would translate as I read it. I would explain to him what was happening. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. That's a really good point. Because yep. and Mortimer had been writing it down, but once you got through like two pages, he realized this is really dumb. This is not an actual map. Stop. <laughs> like this is this is this is That's a right. bunch of bullshit. Where does yeah. it start? The book doesn't even start with the starting believe, place. I don't understand. I don't believe this. Yep. Um. Oh, this is what Cloak does. He says, um, "I could do that." However, I'll remind you. Although you think of things in terms of their physical constructs, I think of memories as something that can be shared. Oh, that is very clever. Do you wish to... I could share it with you, or you can read it at your leisure in my own heroes. Um, I'm not sure that I have the recall that you do, but I would certainly be willing to give it a try. Mm-hmm. If you just you pop on over to my soul whenever you want. Have a good, we'll sit down, have your little chair, lamp. Well, but he's talking about memory, not <laughs> and, yeah, mm-hmm. inserting things right. into my soul. Yeah, you could view it. And thereby it wouldn't be an alteration of you. But if you were to come and see the version I have, it would be how I see it. How I understand it. How I know the speech. Um, and out of character, Theo was planning on using that as a springboard into fluent high speech. Cool. So, oh, God, there's two of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that seems appropriate then. Mm-hmm. 
Why not? Yeah, so uh, yeah, throw the memory into her and that'd be great. Okay. Love it. Uh, yeah, and I'm not worried about die rolls, especially since you uh, you guys have plenty and you're not in any kind of rush. Uh, so cool. sharing the memory um, of the item, which... Uh, well, actually, yeah, depending on how you want to do it. Because... Um, be weaving creating a new memory maybe is that three transferring the property onto another subject was weaving for sure yeah it's three dots yeah so yeah moving a memory or in this case copying a memory over yeah read the depths basically um to literally just tack in a memory of, yeah, that time that you read the book. Cool. Um, out of curiosity and, and more for the fluff of it, um, what memory of reading the book does Cloak Legba give to Baba Sarah? Uh, Cloak is... Oh, yeah. This, this is a good opportunity for Cloak to share with Theo or with Babasar, right? Um, how he's experiencing magic. Uh, and he's going to try and imply something through this based on the conversation they just had about Salazar and everything. So the memory he shares is the elation and also the overwhelming sense of responsibility. That this is what it is. Now that he can read the speech, this is the truth. And I need to be very careful with how I approach this. So when he crystallized, when he we finally understood what the language of the universe is in his mind, he's like, oh, wow, okay, this, this is what it's about. Everything is written in this. And if I can understand this language, it means there's a lot I can do that I wasn't able to do before. And therefore, I need to be very careful with how I exercise my will. Cool. And of course, it's up to Theo and Babasera how they interpret that. Mm-hmm. And, and notably, the thing I'm amused uh, by is that there isn't a physical where you were sitting or anything like that. It's just the memory of reading it and stuff like that. There's no, uh, which, like, like you're just talking about, Babasera is like matter. This is a thing. No, yeah. there's just this memory. Remember that time when I was super happy I could read high yeah. speech and I could read the book? <laughs> yep, that's it. Was What was I doing? Doesn't matter. Where was I? Yeah. Doesn't matter. <laughs> but you remember. I, I, I dig that. Uh, that's right. Cool. For these purposes, yeah, there's definitely not that. I was sitting cross-legged reading it and talking to Mortimer and saying, don't distract me, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, and because you can weave whatever memory you want and somebody... Or no... Uh, <laughs> Chris is the one talking about, oh, yeah, here's a chair. Here's a lamp. It's like, oh, yes, and you read mm-hmm. the book, read the book. And that Bob is Sarah having that. Oh, my my comfy chair. I haven't seen that in forever. Yeah. Uh, so, OK, good stuff. Uh, when we get back, conversation with Warner and Ike, Bob is Sarah learns fluent high speech by to read. cheating. <laughs> Not really cheating. Mama said I learned to read. No, it's like she's... <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Off you. camera, she's been working on it for a bit, so... Right. Uh, but, 
at, at this at that point you basically have a cheat sheet and actually very similar to what um, what uh, cloak did is like you have tons of it in conversational use um, so it is a, is a good Rosetta stone that's the term I'm looking for mm-hmm. um, so good stuff uh, twitch guys we'll be back in five or ten minutes we're gonna walk around and do stuff YouTube guys back in just a blink after these messages so we pick up with sheriff Isabel rolling up to uh, the end right manor which um, I did actually I can't remember we talked about the start does she walk with spurs does she have the the no no okay. <laughs> it was just... she very much has not changed her presentation except for usually having her guns on her that's true uh, but yeah that's and a, that's enough really in this town yep um, so yeah you get up uh, and yeah normally there are some of the sharpshooters and and uh, well troubleshooters uh, hanging around the uh, the manor there's you know folks over at the stables and basically other than the actual cowboys who are taking care of cattle and uh, things actually in May they probably pro- aren't even here they're probably at that point out actually with the cattle on the uh, property territory whatever um, so yeah you have a kind of ghost town moment getting up to um you know the the we'll call it a mansion the big house um there is some folks wandering around uh because like they have a maid um and butler and uh well, butler and probably you know some some serving men type uh, at this point they probably have a mostly full staff right. um i was just thinking butler is Oh yeah, he's the the guy head and yeah yeah okay so probably, mm-hmm. yeah that's true. Um, so yeah, the knock on the door gets a butler, um, who yeah eventually I will have to name um, uh, Sheriff Isabel. What can we do for you this evening? Uh, as I understand it, uh, anytime you come to call, uh, he is available. Uh, follow me. And kind of leads the way back through uh, into the house and up the stairs. Um, smell of food probably starting. Um, a general kind of quiet atmosphere compared to guys sitting around on the sofas on the bottom floor and stuff like that. Um, and leads you upstairs and like at the the landing just holds up a hand at a moment and uh makes his way down to the uh mess and throwing way back it's just a two-story right yeah um and you know makes his way back to the uh not to the study but to the master bedroom um and kind of does a soft knock and kind of leans in and there's some very hushed whispers, words, and stuff like that. And you hear your name kind of pass through and a nod. And he shuts the door and then motions you towards the study and says, uh, Mr. Enright will be with you uh, momentarily. Um, <clears throat> uh, uh, miss, uh, Mr. En- uh, the Enrights are with the doctor currently. So if you'll give mm-hmm. them a minute. Um, and you know, takes you over to the study, offers you know tea, biscuits, uh, make sure that you're you're settled, and especially compared to the rest of town, like his study is not. 
It is no plush London, you know, kind of thing, but there's actual bookshelves. Um, there's a couple nice sitting places. One of the uh, places that has one of the few buildings in town that has clear windows with blinds. Um, yeah, so it's it's nice. It's Third opulent. Curtains. Sorry, what was that? Curtains. Right, yes. Um, and so, yeah, it's very nice. Kind of he goes about, opens the place up, opens the the curtains, things like that. Um, bring uh, brings you tea. Uh, Welcome to bring it. I don't know that she's you know into it. Well, yeah, and that's because that's the the question he asks if you need anything. Then uh, you know heads over to uh, have that made, um, and you can hear through the wall basically. Um, and there's the adjoining door conversation, uh, but it's definitely a quiet susurrus of sound. I love that word. Um, and it doesn't, you know, nothing that you can make out clearly. No raised voices or anything. Um, um, oh yeah, screw it. Um, this is dramatic. It's a movie. Um, walking by the study. Um, you see Ike walk by who like walks to the study seeing the door open and sees you and gives you a nod um, which a quick throwback to a year ago when you guys had been a little flirty um, and we never actually really discussed what happened there um, I am suspecting and feel free we can just do this collaboratively Ike probably bailed on any kind of relationship because that's what he tends to do with everybody in town um, sure now here's my question because Isabel being Isabel um, did you break it up or did he because I imagine Isabel very much especially since she We've discussed she was not head over heels over this guy or anything like that. No. Um, did she see it coming and then uh, strike first? Or um, mm, I don't think so, especially because for her situation and being able to like play it off on other people, mm -hmm. uh, it's better if Ike takes the rap for it. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Well, they would have been in such a good match, and especially now that she's sheriff, like, you know, it could have been, mm -hmm. you know, just the next you know, generation of, of leadership in the town and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And, the power and, couple but, of predatory no, bluff. Exactly. But Ike, but Ike's, you know, gotcha. uh, uh, it, it kind of plays along to him being, you know, immature and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that does sound like Isabel would kind of leave the door open of like, they had a relationship, it didn't really go anywhere, lasted a few months, and then. You know, right. he stops seeing her. Um, right. Okay. Cool. So, yeah, kind of looks in, sees you, gives you a, you know, a polite little nod um, and starts to walk and kind of looks at you can see him making eye contact with the, the bedroom door, kind of gives a shiver, turns back and just steps into the study instead of going there. Um, doesn't come sit next to you, but kind of nods and says, um, uh, again, looking over to the bedroom door and says, uh, what brings you uh, around today, uh, Sheriff? Uh, just a couple questions for your father. But, I don't know, 
Maybe you have insight into it as well. Yep. More than happy a to different help. perspective, even. Um, and I'm just happy to wait, but uh, fill the time with it. Um, I was curious about your um, your your men about town today. Mm-hmm. And uh, hoping to get some some insight into possibly the uh, train of thought behind continuing to have uh, sort of armed men about town. I kind of got the feeling that a few folks were, if not outright nervous, then at least had been noticing it. I kind of nods his head and says, Father and I had a conversation late last night after everything, and we came to the decision that while we absolutely believe and trust that you've cleared and made the town safe, having the men around town wouldn't hurt for one more day just in case something surprise sure. uh, surprising happens. Sure. Well, that's good to hear. I know... Uh, uh, well, if it's just the one day, I'm sure that's fine. Yeah. I mean, if... Uh, hang on. If Sheldon comes back from his little reconnoiter and says that the bandits have moved on, then, yeah, I don't see any reason to keep any of the, the men around town. Uh, they've got duties around here that they can do. Or sure. lays around here. You can see, like, he's <laughs> like... He definitely has mixed feelings about the men because sure. on some days they literally they don't, don't like do him. anything. And he doesn't exactly have the loyalty of them or whatever. Right. Fair enough. Well, Uh, good to know. I'll uh, perhaps discuss it with your father as well, but it's good to know that uh, a little bit more facts going into that. Absolutely. Well, if, I mean, if that's what you're here for, um, and he kind of looks over at the door, you can tell just being near the door makes him uncomfortable, and he eventually kind of shifts and turns in the study and kind of walks over to the window, which, of course... That's the window that looks out towards Purgatory Bluff, right? Um, uh-huh. Stands at the window and says, "You know, well, you know, in that case, uh, if you don't mind, I'll uh, I'll keep you company until my father is here, and the three of us can have a good conversation about it." Um, but otherwise, yeah, he just kind of stands at the window, looking out, and without necessarily needing a roll. He's definitely a little uncomfortable about the situation. Exactly what you don't sure. necessarily get an immediate tell on. Um, I would like to 
perhaps either persuade or socialize. Mm-hmm. Either one would work for me um, uh, to try and get him to open up or ask questions. Yeah. Some, something on your mind sort of thing. Sure. Oh, uh, that'll be, um, you know, actually all, all things considered, uh, especially having some more like understanding of him. I imagine your impression level is a little bit higher. We'll just make it a minus one. <laughs> He's also not actively trying to hide anything currently. Okay, oh, yeah, no problem. Hot damn, four successes. Uh, seven dice, minus one is still four successes. Um, I'll take it. And Ike kind of rolls his shoulders and says, oh, this is a... It's, it's, it's not about you and me and where we left sure. off. Um, I just... Sure. How, do, how does he put it? I don't like the doctor. People often find them uh, just as uncomforting as they can be comforting in times. Yeah. Uh, Doctors often bring bad news. Yeah. Yeah, they do. And then if they you don't look at it so. a certain way. Let's see. she's like aware that she's about to like step in it if she says this but your mother is getting worse then kind of looks away from the window has has, has a moment and finally says she's not getting better been out here years. I'm sorry to hear the dry that. weather's supposed to help. And like you can see he's wavering. There's a little waver in the back of the voice. So no. She's not getting worse. She's not getting better. You're good to care so deeply for her. Oh, you only have one mom, you don't. <clears throat> like, and realizing that he is starting to show emotion and stuff like that, is the the, the throat clearing, um, <clears throat> and you know, right then, fortunately, the uh, oh, the, nice. the, the butler. Right, he's putting himself the, together. Right, yeah. The butler shows up and like, oh. Yes, and you know, uh, uh, you know, Master Ike, uh, did you need? Oh no, I'm I'm good, thank you. Tea, little little biscuit, you know, it's very, very British, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is you know served to you, and um, he, you know, Butler kind of nods and realizes that he was interrupting a conversation, kind of steps back, and you know makes his way out, um, and you have about enough time to like try the tea, which is. Hey, for being out on the frontier, this is, this is pretty high. Um, and uh, that's when, you know, Warner kind of steps uh, through the study. Um, and it's a quick, like, step in, turn, shut door. And, like, we are sealing whatever's going on in there away. Mm-hmm. Um, and turns around and, <clears throat> Sheriff Isabel, 
Uh, it's she just like a, stands right? up. Uh, I, I mean, would she need? May have already been standing. Fair enough. Well, and specifically, I was thinking yeah. in terms of etiquette, would she need to? But regardless, you do. So yeah. Um, yeah. And or maybe, maybe they were both over by the window, sure. talking. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I like this. Warner, you know. Sheriff Isabel, nice of you to come by and visit. Is uh, anything amiss? Oh, uh, amiss? No. Uh, actually, Ike's already mostly cleared up sort of my questions, but um, yeah, Ike, if you'd like Ike to... steps in and says, uh, she had concerns about our men being in town. Right. Concern is strong there, Ike. You had questions about our men being in town. Uh, Warner nods and says, well, if the bandits have moved on, uh, then I don't see any need for them. But Ike brought up a good idea that they may have looked as if to lead and then arrive in the middle of the night or something like that, Uh, which is also by implication um, like, oh, some of these, some of the guys have been like out there, uh, right. like all through the night, and so and, and mm-hmm. keeping watch. Well, I'm personally I'm thankful for the foresight. Um, I just. was gauging around town this morning whether the continued presence of firearms was was making folks nervous or not. Like, at that, Warner's, like, concern on his face and motions to the the chair across from, you know, his desk, steps around and and sits down um, and leans forward on the desk. Is is people concerned about our... My men have been well-behaved, haven't they? Of course, of course. No, I mean, I do, I think most folks haven't even noticed them. Okay, that's good. Very unobtrusive. They've got they've got good spots, and you know they're all facing outwards. I like that facing out. Yeah. Um. I, my questions were mostly related around uh, a time frame and um, in the event that God forbid something like this were to happen again in the future um, I would just uh, ask to be kept on the same page as you is all oh yes uh, yeah I hadn't thought of it that way. I was I'll admit I thought of uh, the sheriff taking care of uh, criminal investigations within town and I would be responsible for you know con- concerns of an external nature uh, but I can understand sure. of course a bunch of armed men walking around town may cause some tension within town so that's I, I can see how that may have been confusing. I apologize. Not a worry. 
the kind of friendship and relationship that we all have. I, you know, I, I didn't figure that there was anything less than a um, protective motive behind all of this. So, um, and I guess actually, in, in nature of uh, sharing information and, and yeah, I think you'd say transparency. Um, I have dispatched Isaiah with a, a couple horses up to shoot. I meant to look this up before. Hang on. Stall. The fort. What is that stupid fort? Uh, purgatory bluff. Uh, no, there's no actual purgatory bluff. Purgatory river. <laughs> da, 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 da. Uh, where is this? What is the name of the fort? Um, sure. The name of the fort. Uh, whatever. Not gonna worry about it right now. Um, dang. Um, but sent them up to the fort to report the uh, banditry and to, to let them know that there are some folks around um, who may be preying on less well-protected towns. <laughs> Puffing up his chest and stuff like that. A wise idea. Well, we may have... He realizes, like, he doesn't know what has actually happened. Kind of leans back and says, uh, you, you mentioned everything had been taken care of and they wouldn't bother us, but it just being the the three of us, what, what did you see? How did... I mean, I know you went out with... Uh, Ungun Cloak. Jean-Paul. Oh, no, actually, Jean-Paul. Yeah, because Mortimer is the one who got permission to say otherwise. And did you have a... You can see he's like, he's going to put something forward, but he doesn't know if it's... Did you have a shootout? A, a, a duel? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Um, no, no violence was committed. Thankfully. Uh, as confident as I am in my own abilities and those of Jean-Paul, uh, the two of us against a camp of, well, we'll just say more than two people, uh, <laughs> more than a handful of people uh, would have been a... Uh, dire prospect but we made it clear that uh, we would not be easy prey kept ourselves civil and Certainly while admonishing them for their choices of professions. Um, made, made certain that we were understood. Camp. That the town of Purgatory Bluff was not to be mm, picked over easily. Kind of puffs his chest up. He's like, that's right. Um, okay, well, that's like good. Like he had anything to do Importantly, <laughs> importantly, uh, I made no mention of why it should be 
so well protected. That's good. That's good. That's smart thinking. Um, just a quiet little town. Nobody needs to bother with just sitting here on the purgatory. Kind of, you can see him look out towards, you know, through the wall, um, towards where the mines are. Um, I would truly hate if we were on the map for anybody. Of that nature. Mm-hmm. I, I do like being on the map so they know where to bring our, our supplies in and, and things like that. Sure. Um, <laughs> Uh, Fort Leon, by the way. Uh, thank you, Ralph. You're welcome. Um, again, not necessarily Fort Etude, Fort Ifica. Oh yeah, dude, chat's been going nuts. Love that. Fort, Fort Unitalie. I, I was like, I kind of like that one too. Uh, one. But no, Fort Leon. Uh, though again, not necessarily historically accurate, but close enough. Um, but yeah, that's the local one. Um, so. Uh, once uh, once Isaiah is back, um, I think I'll definitely feel more comfortable that the bandits will be rounded up uh, with uh, strength of the U.S. cavalry behind them. <laughs> but oh, I do apologize about that confusion again. Um, but as I said. Uh, it wasn't even a concern. Just a couple questions. Good. Huh. Uh, and kind of looks from uh, you to Ike um, and, and like has this grin on his face and I will uh, let you to uh, return to your conversations and like, you know, stands back up and like, you know, proud Papa. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's like, uh, but um makes his way uh, back uh, into the bedroom. Um, and Ike kind of looks at that door, looks down at you, and then um, says, uh, I bid you a good afternoon, um, you know, Sheriff. Pretty much. And he's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> it does, for a moment, actually, uh, leave you unsupervised in Warner's study. I'm the coax those spirits. Yeah, what? Uh, what's the, the, the spiritual lay of the we land here? Put on the West put on the Hex. goggles there. Yeah. Um, yeah. There is. Um, hmm. uh, within the the study itself, there is a definite. I can't remember. Can you see resonance? With or is that the spell? I think that's the spell. Probably the spell. Uh... Nature of resonance, condition, and sources of essence. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you can do cool. both. Uh, oh, with made sign. That's right. So yeah, there the resonance within the study itself. Um, is yeah probably avarice um, mm-hmm. it's well actually yeah we'll just leave it at avarice We're, it's not necessarily monetary greed but it is 
Um, who was a better term? What's a better term? Uh, selfishness is a better term. Mm. Uh, it, this, this is this is mine kind of vibes. Because uh, obviously, you know, you can get a little bit, couple different resonant kind of things there. But this very, this is mine. Avarice, jealousy w- would also possibly apply. Um, nobody's going to take this from me. Kind of vibes. Um, actual spirits. Everything in here is is kind of moats. Um, there is actually yeah I think there is a like rank one greed spirit that is just kind of sitting here kind of basking um, kind of watching the conversation doesn't know that you can see it because you haven't spent the the point of mana Um, actually considering your well, no, you're not here as Petricor. So, yeah. Um, so just, you know, watching, lingering, watching the, the conversation and making sure not, nobody's messing with his with his setup here. Um, obviously, you know, moats of fire in a fireplace and books and things of sure. that nature. Uh, yeah, I don't think she's going to fuck with anything, but that's good to know. Lot you can learn. Sort of the, yeah. Not necessarily the uh, I mean it's not like that much of a revelation, I don't think. No, he's like, yeah, he's it's very clear that he portrays himself in a way, but all of his actions show Yep. It all ties back to Yep. But he's yeah, I mean he's not like Especially for the time, not a bad person. Yep. But you know, yeah, def- definitely could be a lot. He worse. has a way about yeah. him, right? Um, yeah, big, like corpulent, big-bellied, greed spirit. Actually, you know, uh, uh, the little little brother version of the spirit that was in the mine. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I like that. But without the sort of additional mind resonance. Right. Head out. Yep. Okay. Uh, uh, right. So um, we have uh, Theo has a moment where can uh, go get the because you're doing the physical book and the the memory to kind of do your study up. Yep. Um, cool. Um, uh, yeah, actually, I guess you can go pick that up from uh, Rilla. Because uh, I imagine you don't go rifling through her things. No. Um, but uh, we can definitely ha- say that happens you know, afternoon. Because I imagine school probably does not actually last much longer than lunch. Um uh, yeah, most of the kids are going to have like jobs to do or whatever. Jobs, so. duties, yep. Uh, I mean, it might even start after lunch. Hmm? So it might even start in the afternoon. Oh, you know, that's true. Yeah, wake up, do your farm chores, chores to be done and wash stuff like up, that, go yeah. to school, come back for dinner. Yeah, that's actually true. I hadn't thought about that. 
I'll have to research that so I can add some verisimilitude. Uh, there you go. But regardless, uh, when Rilla gets back, um, uh, and just because I know uh, Theo's cool with it anyways, because you mentioned, but Rilla holds the journal back. It's like, no, you tell me everything that happened first. Uh, totally fine. Right. Um, and so there's, you know, a little quiet conversation, um, probably in her room, um, just for that little bit of privacy um, as she kind of walks through what happened and if there's some, you know, uh, Isabel would be proud of, of the storytelling side of things and, you know, really you know, ooze and ahs appropriately. Um, it, for her side of things, listening to it, it's, it's very much listening to a story and an adventure. And there's a um, uh, disconnect from the fact that, no, this was like stuff that you guys were doing and there was real danger. The you know, guns being pointed at um, Petrichor and Legba, you know, d- don't cause her concern. It was more of a, ooh, you know, what's you know, turn the next page kind of thing. Because um, a lot of her study has been study and has been remote and she hasn't been in any kind of real danger. Um, and closest that she was, was, you know, when it somebody tried to kidnap her and that they didn't even see her. So, um, but after that turns over the journal to you, um, and I imagine you guys haven't been shy about what the journal is. No. Um, yeah, because she's she's got it. And she's pro- she's probably done similar to you, where it's like, hey, this is a basic primer that you can use to to you know kind of stumble through some stuff. And it's not a it's not a draw for her, but it is you know a memento from Mortimer, and so it mm-hmm. kind of means something to her, even though it wasn't actually his journal or anything. But um, hands that over and you know goes to help wash up and you know, prepared in her, you know, whatever uh, chores she does around the house to, to help pay for her room, so to speak. Probably, you know, plays with Val- Valosia because Valosia probably goes to school with her, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why so, not? Yeah. Uh, I realized, you know, Rilla probably goes to school and comes back with a swarm of, you know, the farmer kids and, you know, Valosia, obviously, and stuff like that, and <laughs> goes with them, comes back, Drops everybody off. You, 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 you. Go ahead. And just sort of a point. Rilla is certainly free to, if she decides to, to earn her keep, but there's no expectation mm-hmm. there. Oh, yeah. It's definitely okay. one of her, like, it's the least I can do. You guys, you know, mm-hmm. you know, feed me and give me, give me a room. And uh, she does have a, um, a little bit of a pooled cash from, you know, the, the, everybody in town. Um, it's the closest thing. Nobody has ever said the T word. Um, taxes. Um, but, uh, you know, people pull together, you know, funds. Well, back then, and, like, families would pay the teacher to teach their right. kid. Like, that's how they made the money. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and the whole town, you know, everybody just puts in a little bit. Um, but everybody with it. Uh, with a kid has and so she's she's all right she's bought some you know more clothes for herself things like that but um you guys since you are being generous and not making her pay rent you know she's more than happy to uh you know help around the house besides she likes you guys you know Mm -hmm. um 
So a um, little bit later, um, probably while you were setting, Jules comes by, you know, checks in with Rilla um, mm-hmm. to them, like, you know, hang out. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else, because I know Cloak. Yeah. So is there anything else that Theo was doing that night besides basically studying? Yeah, that night after bedtime, um, I was going to take another swing at uh, getting info on Velosia. Mm. Cool. Okay, so we'll jump over to Cloak real quick. Sure. Um, and because uh, Cloak is heading uh, into the mine in the, the meditation chamber um, yes. and going to go search out Temenic. Uh, representations of these hometowns and you said you were starting with the like more obscure places well hmm he thinks he'll be able to find san francisco and new york from metropolis and he's been to metropolis Mm -hmm. so um he would go to metropolis and then he would try and go to new york city or san francisco as representations of metropolis specific representations of it and once he's sure of that, right, he's like, okay, now I got my bearings. So let's try something harder, right? Just to, you know, like mm-hmm. warming up, basically. Sure. Yeah. Because um, these are places he's never been before. Right. Um, and so, yeah, going to Metropolis um, and especially that one passing by mage interaction that you guys had. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, this place is every town, every city, everywhere. Um, you just have to find the right thing. Um, so like you said, finding New York and San Francisco should be easy. Uh, which one do you go after first though? New York city. Yep. Um, and by what means of, yeah, locomotion, um, does like the search around metropolis? Hmm. Hmm. Because, by my understanding from previously, you haven't explored Metropolis. You know what it is. You've been there. Um, It's a it's a you know arrow in your quiver, but Legba hasn't actually traveled it. We did wander around a little bit, but yeah, Yeah. it was with a point. That's right. Exactly. We were following someone. Mm -hmm. So how would we? How would he do it? Hmm. Any city. No, no, he's not going to lean on his prejudices. He decides to explore it uh, on his feet. Cool. Uh, He walks. Yeah, so uh, walking about is a... What's the... It's a dizzying array and shuffling uh, set of streets. Um, there's no rhyme or reason to them, uh, as Legba walks through them, Mm -hmm. uh, stepping out of basically that central station where the the trains were and stuff like that. And just walking out into Metropolis, turning corners goes from, you know, cobblestone to, well, I guess most everything is cobblestone at the point. Uh, but you have some of the more straight thoroughfares and boulevards of stuff and suddenly like Paris um, and then coming around a corner. Now you're in some of the more twisting uh, shapes of like the London streets, uh, which can get very 
you know, uh, sinuous and uh, things like that. And you very quickly realize that you're moving from things that reflect any city in general and that like you haven't landed on a specific place. Uh, Mm, And so you haven't, there's some kind of barrier that's keeping you from getting to them. Um, Of note, uh, as Legba travels and it's like, okay, well, hang on, let me backtrack a little bit. Getting back to that central station is easy. It seems that it's right around any corner when you're looking for it. Like we forgot I was just reminded that we are in the astral. <laughs> so I get to have fun. You heard it here. Ralph doesn't have fun unless he's in the astral. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's why I have a legacy attainment. <laughs> or rather, true. my character has a legacy astral. attainment. <laughs> All right, so... walking along these different paths um, when he realizes that his initial attempts at uh, finding his destination weren't working, perhaps because of the prejudices he has been leaning on. He then tries to think of New York City in the terms that someone else would. So he's been thinking of it as a construct of his own understanding based on stories which he assumes, yes, is one way to get there. But it might be better to take a path based on the impression he got. And so what he pauses for a moment and he thinks about what New York City means to people who live there. And whereas many people think of the world in terms of all the cities across the globe, he imagines that for people who live in New York City, it is the world to them. And so he tries to find, then, focusing on this, a city that represents the world itself for all of the people who live there. I gotcha. The all-encompassing, this is my world. Okay, I like that. Yes, so so rather than Metropolis being the abstract representation of city, he's looking for the specific representation of, this is the world to me. Everything I want and need is here. Especially for New York. I mean, the way New Yorkers act, I tell you what. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I was born in New York City. I know a little bit about that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so um, walking is like, okay, adjusting the the, the mental picture of the city that you're looking for, the place that you're looking for. Set yourself up, walking cane in hand, um, and strut. Mm -hmm. Um, Make your way down. Uh, Actually, it's true. Legba probably, no, Legba has a limp, right? Yes. Yeah. And so, so, yeah, yeah. Cloak does to a certain extent as well, but he's masked it more. Right. Here, it's much more prominent. Um, and make your way through. And, you know, 20 minutes in, you realize same kind of thing is happening. Um, and you're mm. just turning and, you know, to to put it more out of character, um, you know, Legba is working with a combination lock. Um, is still trying to figure out the combination. There's something here. Um, He just hasn't, you know, grasped hold of it. Um, And to remind, of course, there are numerous Goetia who are wandering around and things like that. So uh, Legba isn't in this by himself, but 
Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Walking. Oh, then he thinks of how does anyone get to New York City? And he realizes this. He's in Metropolis. Metropolis is a starting point. It's a big station of trains and stuff. And he's like, I could just walk. Because it's the Demonos. I can just walk anywhere I want. Well, people don't just walk to New York City. Nobody does that. They take a vessel. They take a ship. Or they take a train. So he thinks about how the diamond got all the way here from, as many of them mentioned, New York City. Mm. And he's like, all right, maybe I just need to surrender my direct control in a way. And it's at that moment, right, um, where Legbit yields um, a little bit of control and actually... New York and all that um, little like oh my gosh uh, Oliver Twist looking you know little kid you know runs up looks up at you kind of gives you an up uh, up and down look over and says where are you trying to go and like for looking like a kid <laughs> and stuff like that this, this is a scamp huh a scamp yes. Um, but the like very clearly like there's there's maturity behind the eyes and some stuff like that and kind of looking up because Wigba is quite tall Uh, oh yeah keep wandering around where where, where are you trying to go New York City holding out his hand little fantastic curling um so we like we doesn't or cloak doesn't have spirit mm-hmm. right so how are we going to represent transactions in the Tomenos? T- cool yep sounds good excellent thank you then um, I will conjure hmm, what would be a nice sum nowadays gold dollar or something like that or a dollar bill mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, a pronounced token of my gratitude cool uh, and implicit trust right as he grabs hold of the, the coin from you and mm-hmm. gives a little tug and you lose a point of mana. Yep. That's what I figured. Yep. That's, uh, what, that's what I was asking about spirit. Yep. Uh, you know, does the requisite bites the coin. All right. Puts it into his pocket and then points over uh, towards an alleyway that was not there, you know, a minute ago. Uh, oh, it yeah. says, all right. Come on. Uh, and he strolls, uh, right? <laughs> he's got the full attitude. He's got some swagger, you know. That's what um, I'm talking about. You know, this, is, this, is, this is some visitor I'm about to show him around. And it's literally just down this alleyway, not a spooky, creepy alleyway. It's just, you know, a spot between mm-hmm. a couple buildings and steps out. And then, yeah. like, right into, um, actually, yeah, just to... to a little callback here to this, this is a show called The Rookery. Uh, right into Manhattan, right? Fantastic. And wide, you know, these wide boulevards, people walking, carts moving by, wagons, and just the cacophony of sound. Moving from Metropolis, which has got, you know, Goetia, all these mixes, into here, which is pure human Goetia, and just the the activity and the buzz and the motion and the feel of New York. 
as people uh, are moving yeah. up and down and the scamp yeah it's like that turn i appreciate that one kind of looks up at you pats your shoulder turns back around and walks you know back down the alley uh yeah <laughs> hey, sure man it's right there you just gotta know uh, and there's a little part of legba and i'm gonna grab hold of your character here a little bit you feel like a little bit scammed maybe mm. but i'm yeah. sure legba also knows nope this is this is how you do it this is how you get through mm-hmm. yeah cloak cloak feels um like hey i just i paid you for something i could have done myself mm-hmm. and then um the part of legba Right, I, th- I think it'd be rather be Cloak that feels scammed as opposed to Legba. Uh, the part of Legba that, that reminds him that um, part of exploring the Temenos and accepting this responsibility is that um, you gain understanding from a position of ignorance before. So you could not have done this mm-hmm. yourself. You needed to yield to someone else showing you. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> out of character, I will also mention that is one way of getting to places through Metropolis. There are a uh, couple okay, other cool. things yeah. too. Great. That makes sense. And I understand this is a phenomenological representation of assistance and transport and stuff like that. So, uh, But yeah, there's there's a big buzz. And actually to, I don't know when Times Square was invented. Actually, this is Wall Street. Yeah. Def- Excellent. Yeah, definitely on Wall Street. Cool. All right. Well, this is something to take in. Wealth and money and progress mm-hmm. so I imagine he's noticing different Goetia different um, natures they represent different things yep. he's going to stroll along Wall Street a bit probably sees a, f- a few other uh, Goetic entities that have top hats themselves maybe mm-hmm. tailcoats yep. that's true um, and I imagine just in the nature of walking you know, Wall Street and, and through the streets of New York within the Temenos, you get the the full day-night cycle, right? Even, like, nobody disappears and moves super fast. It's just some of the Goetia are very businessmen on business job time stuff. And then just yeah. there's a sudden <laughs> shift and all of a sudden people are dressed up a little bit more. There's, you know, ladies on arms and, you know, mm. like high society kind of stuff, heading to balls and parties and carriages, you know, uh, rolling down as opposed to working wagons. Um, and you just have this flow and sense of you know, motion and change um, as you walk from one intersection to the next. Fantastic. So this is what um, Legba's thinking. He's going to catch along. Is that, okay, in order to get to these places, sometimes you need a little bit of help and you need to think of it as like navigating in the way that makes the most sense based on the connection, not just trying to force it based on your expectations. So how would you get from New York City to San Francisco? You take a ship. <laughs> long fucking ride. But yeah. You take a long voyage, but you're patient with it, right? Mm-hmm. You take a ship, right? When the transcontinental railroad is there, right, then you can take a chain all across the United States. But that's not something you have access to right now, right? I think we established that. That's not the oh, case. Oh, yeah, right? it's because uh, that's yeah. post-Civil War? So, yeah, it's a long time. So, let's see. I'm trying to remember. Maybe. All right, yeah, 1863 to 1869. Great, perfect. So, yeah, um, how can you nice. get there, right? What's the quickest route? is to pay passage on a ship. Mm-hmm. You don't just walk across. You go, are you going to be a pioneer, get on a carriage, right? That's going to take forever. And you have to go through all this stuff. Like, 200 days sailing from New York to San Francisco in 1846. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. 
and so it's, it's a long ass time. The Panama Canal isn't there, so you got to go the long. You got to go the really long route, right? Yeah, which also <laughs> means you get all the warmth of Bahamas and the and in the equator all the way. The nope, not the Horn. That's Africa. Um, is Cape of Good Hope also there? Shoot. My geography it's is failing. The yeah, Horn of Africa, Cape of Good Hope is right. There. Yeah, there's him. My mother is staring at me. I can feel her because that's she teaches that era. Anyways, anyways, um, but yeah, uh, across around South America and coming back up. Um, so Cape Horn. Thank you. Uh, the the advantage, of course, is that it's phenomenological time, yep. right? So it is. Not exactly instantaneous, but it isn't literally 200 days. Mm -hmm. It is just having to have the feeling of having spent 200 days and accepting that that is an okay way to do this. Mm -hmm. Because he could bypass it by going to Metropolis and trying to find San Francisco and the incarnation of San Francisco and Metropolis, right? But it makes more sense to him that now he's taken this path to see where it leads. Mm -hmm. And so what he's thinking is this, is that he needs to get on the ship in the morning because San Francisco's in the west. And he'll see the sun set in the west on the Golden Gate. I like that. As the ship comes in the port. Don't know that the Golden Gate's around yet. <laughs> oh, well, fair enough. Sorry. I shouldn't <laughs> I say like, Golden Gate. I, I'm thinking of it that way. Yeah, yeah the Golden Gate might not have been built. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, let's see. Like, when was the Golden Gate built? <laughs> Come for the mage, stay for the history facts. Oh, yeah. 1933. Yeah, All right. We're a little, <laughs> yeah. a little off still. It was like solidly 1900s. Yep. Not yeah. even. I was thinking Fair of like all the metal it and stuff like built. that. I was like, man, you got to be. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. So so in terms of the um, of the bay mm-hmm. and coming in that way. Yeah. Right. Like, what does he know? He knows very little about San Francisco, but that, hey, there's gold in the hills. Right. And, you know, the gold rush hasn't started yet, but it's probably whispers of that. I think oh, yeah. it started pretty early yeah, in the is. 1940s. Yeah, it's just what was that, Craig? All right, cool. Um, so, yeah, that, that's how he's thinking of it. Yep. I need to pay passage on a ship in order to get there. Or rather, um, the patient thing to do would be pay, pay passage on a ship mm-hmm. instead of trying to force my way and just walk across because I know how the Timonos works. He's, he's accepted at this point that he has to yield to it. Right. And he'll gain greater understanding by experiencing these things this That's way. True. Yeah. Um, so similarly, yeah, uh, especially it's, you know, Manhattan, there, there's all sorts of water. Just follow yeah. that even if, you know, uh, Lake Bud doesn't know New York. Eventually, ah, there's the ships. There's the harbor. Um, and is able to board passage again, one mana um, paid over. Cool. And awesome. I like the idea that Legba steps on and is ready for this journey. And, you know, you have some, uh, you know, not not bellhop. What am I thinking of? Um, anyways, guys, grabs your luggage and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, totes it down your big old steamer uh, chest. Uh, yeah. Walks you down the steps to your room and just keeps walking, comes back around up the steps and out and shoves the steamer chest into your uh, into your arms and there's do you you know there's san francisco as the sun is coming up <laughs> over the mountains uh cool. it's like oh okay <laughs> all uh, right because goetia ain't got time for that 200 day journey right. <laughs> uh like, no, no, here you go get um luggage toters yes thank you that's definitely the right term um but yeah, and so yeah, okay. There's San Francisco, um, which is you know, 1846 is still being built up um, and has a very different vibe. Actually, coming from you know New York, which is established, um, has been around for 
you know, 100 years uh, to San Francisco, which is just now really starting to kick off. Um, and yeah, de- depending on the year, the total population is under 500. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Um, and uh, I can't remember if it's San Francisco or San Diego that basically nobody was there for a couple months once uh, gold was discovered because everyone was like, gold? Poof, they left oh, and people yeah. showed up on ships and going, where, where is everybody? And they're like, oh, yeah, we're not here. Right. We're finding gold. It's San Francisco. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, and of course... It went from like 500 to 20,000 in a single year or some shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's crazy. Uh, and of course, there's uh, all the people um, of, you know, uh, Asian descent who are here compared to New York, which is far more European. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, I guess all of San Francisco is being a lot more multicultural um, than than New York is. Um, and yeah, step off the ship and now we're, you know, greeted with this uh, sunnier um because you know, also had the latitude change, latitude change, latitude change, whatever. Um, and so now, now much more southern, warm. Um, the water is right there and welcoming, as opposed to the frigid depths of New York. Uh, I don't know. I'm just assuming. <laughs> um, but yeah, stepping out into yet another. Well, in the space of five minutes, gone from. Purgatory Bluff, well, okay, a little more than five minutes, but Purgatory Bluff in the Astral, to Metropolis, to New York City, to San Francisco. Great. So now he knows where these places are, and he's felt this, and he has this sensation for him, right? It's been a little bit of time in New York City. He also needs to know what it's like to be in San Francisco. So he's going to similarly pass a cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Which, of course, is just exploring and experiencing the sensation of it. Uh, and then he needs to get to those smaller towns. Mm-hmm. And he thinks that they might not have a direct connection necessarily, but they're probably not dissimilar from Purgatory Bluff. They're probably not dissimilar from other things on the Great Plains, right? However, there is Appalachia. So he thinks that the Great Plains um, abut it, right? That's how he's thinking sure, of it in yeah. his mind, right? Like, you go across, and then the, things get wetter, right? And I know that in real geography, right, there isn't a Great Plains, and then there's mountains right there, right? There's other terrain, right, that that grows into it. But he's he's thinking of it in simple terms. Mm-hmm. That the, the Great Plains map. is there, yeah. this big expanse, and then Appalachia is on the eastern coast. So he's like, okay, there's not a direct connection between San Francisco. At least there's not a robust direct connection between San Francisco and those towns necessarily, because... These are Timonotic representations of different things, different ways of living, different communities, different uh, sources of wealth and productivity. So he's like, okay, I need to return to a place that has greater phenomenological uh, similarity. And he tries to return from San Francisco to Metropolis. That San Francisco is an incarnation of a metropolis, even if it's just developing, right? Mm -hmm. It's a burgeoning young metropolis. And so he's like, okay, how do I get back to Metropolis? Uh... Uh, maybe I'll find an alley because you can go to anywhere in Metropolis from the alleyways that lead it there. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah. Uh, there's just walking down, I imagine a mix of, you know, paved roads and dirt and 
oh, here's a little alley, you know, very similar to the one that got him to New York and stepping through that and come out in Metropolis facing that big central, grand central station, uh, grandest central station. Cool. Great. Uh, and then he thinks here that, ooh, this is good. Okay. Uh, he remembers that people take ships along rivers to get across the west, to get to Colorado. That's how people came in the Purgatory Bluff. Mm -hmm. so there are probably ways to get into the plains, and then you might have to hike or take a carriage into um, into Appalachia, right? You might When you get to the foothills, and then you're just going to have to travel the hard way. Right. So from Metropolis, um, he thinks to get to the Great Plains. Instead of going to Purgatory Bluff and walking outside to the Great Plains, he's like, let's continue with this journey where I need to take new roots in order to get where I want to be. So he looks for a way in Metropolis to get to a riverboat rather than a steamship or a big ship in New York City to get over to San Francisco. He's like, let me find a riverboat that just takes me to outside the city. Okay. Um, and actually, just to uh, make this a little easier on Legba, um, we'll drop one of these lovely gentlemen from Mississippi. Uh, okay, cool. Right. Perfect. And take, you know, the riverboat directly to, you know, this little town on the Mississippi, because let's be honest, that's where they all were built. Because yeah, everybody wanted exactly. to be on the Mississippi. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's stepping onto that. And that journey is a couple days, you know, riding on a, a, a riverboat. Um, quiet conversation and some odd memories of interesting guests or guests um passengers um and then you know basically stepping off onto a real small wooden dock you know with one little ramp uh, and you know bringing your luggage which keeps appearing and disappearing <laughs> because <laughs> the tomatoes decides you need luggage right that's um, right yeah and stepping out and Yep, it's like Purgatory Bluff, but wetter. Uh, looking out to that. Actually, yeah, now that I think about it, the similarities, yeah, right on the river, yeah, mm -hmm, yeah. It's, it's a wetter Purgatory Bluff. Um, but notably, uh, especially after the description given to you, it's like, okay, yeah, there's there's that, you know, little landmark, and yeah, there's that church that's been here since the, you know, town was founded and burned down that one time, was rebuilt. Just all these little landmarks and representations of stuff uh, that one of the guys told you and it's like okay yeah no, this and again doing your walkabout and exploration and being part of the town which um far less goetia than new york or san francisco but um here the goetia have uh more distinct features they're mm -hmm. recognizable people uh, oh, in some cool. cases, yeah. um, there are some facelessness here and there, uh, where you just have actors filling in, but you have people and, mm -hmm. you know, like there is the, uh, the loud Protestant, uh, minister standing on the, you know, steps of steps of the church, uh, cause there is no other church in little, little tiny Mississippi town. Um, and yeah, very clearly. Oh yeah. Yeah. Recognize these people, recognize these people. And oh yeah, there's that. You know, woman that the, you know, 
guy described and it's like oh she's gotten a little bit older but no, that's that's definitely her oh yeah she's putting pies out on the windowsill <laughs> you know just like he remembers kind of thing fantastic so we have three out of five yep um and without belaboring the point uh yeah mm -hmm. there's a continuation um and the the question i have uh is legba basically follows the same method of finding the appropriate mode of transport paying for passage and going yes visiting yes everything. that's right cool mm -hmm. uh so that's right all told five mana um Great. and yeah definitely have a like okay been here check this out got this idea and i guess the idea is in the future not necessarily doing the same method uh not in the future in the morning not doing the same method and spending five more mana. Um, so what is Legba's plan for getting to these people, in, uh, to these locations, excuse me, in well, the astronaut? Um, his understanding is he needs to know where they are, right? Where they're located in the Temenos. And mm -hmm. once you know where they are, it's much easier to build a connection between where you are and where you want to be. Huh. So before he didn't know where they are. These were places that people described to him. Just like going back to Metropolis, he knows where Metropolis is. So the representation in his mind of Metropolis isn't a figment. It isn't a vague description. Now he knows where these places are. And so he's going to, of course, he's spending time in each of these places and understanding these landmarks, not so that he's effectively a resident, but he is a, a previous visitor. And so he's trying to return to a place he's already been instead of trying to find some new unknown place. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Um, anything else while... Uh, like Liz out there in the Temenos, you know, after you know checking off that last one, some you know, uh, you know, distant Kentucky mountain town, and it's like, okay, that's the list. Yeah, that's the list, and he's like, so what? He then reflects on um, what he has learned through this process. The first is sometimes he needs to yield, right? He won't be responsible for getting to where he wants to be or at least directly responsible. The second is that all of these places are connected somehow, right? If he can get, if he can pass to these places while being in the Temenos, the same journey, in reality, there is some connection there. There is some truth he needs to grasp that you could effectively get to these places instantaneously if you could just recognize it. The Goetia can take you there because they're residents, they're denizens of the astral realms. So if he wants to get to the point where he is the opener of ways and he can really traverse these places as Legba truly does, he needs to understand that. What? Okay. And those are both really important sources of insight for him because even though he was able to initiate into his own legacy... He was still thinking of the Timonos as um, kind of a, a, a linear geography. Mm -hmm. Whereas in reality, it's it's much more in interconnected thing. So it's funny that you get to a place that is represented in terms of phenomena. And he's like, oh, okay, it's in terms of phenomena. But it's still a place I walk down and I just say I want to go there, right? right? And I keep walking in one direction. It's not a path, right? It is a network. Cool. I like that. Um and then back to your body. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, yeah, hey, right. already been there, uh, meditating and stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, I imagine that in 
Cloak's eyes, right, uh, has seen, like, another shift show up and, like, oh, Cloak's here meditating. Oh, we'll join him. And stuff. And there's probably actually been, like, some quiet conversation that, you know, are we disturbing you? Oh, no. I'm, you know, <laughs> this is fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, wandering around, I'm in New York, San Francisco, um, having these conversations, <laughs> yeah, which, cool. uh, and notably, um, the whole travel and journey, like, definitely took astrally, like, days um for cloak hours yeah and just and like yeah definitely not necessarily shutting out but stepping away from the astral body it's like almost feel that in your arms and legs you know that you know the, the matrix carryover right it's like oh i've been oh, walking yeah. forever why do my legs feel like jelly uh yeah kind of uh physical exertion so that makes sense. I mean, he spent a year traveling the whole United States from coast to coast. Yeah, that's true. On a I ship, with- on a riverboat, walking, walking through alleys, all kinds of things. I imagine he took a carriage at one point on the streets of New York City. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it's spending all the time in each of the places, too. Yeah. Cool. And then before we run out of time, uh, <laughs> don't worry, Craig, I didn't forget. I just... No, 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 I'm joking. Well applied, my cliffhanger prep. Uh, so um, uh, you said you wanted to check in on Valosia. Um, mm-hmm. Was there a um, specific methodology therein? Um, more scrutiny, but um, um, because she keeps on hitting a wall when she tries, she's um, the scrutiny is now going to be to try and find a path of least resistance, like a wedge point that she can try and hammer on to... Because she basically just, every time she's tried, she just come up with a wall. Uh, yeah, uh, there is a, uh, a locked opacity to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to remember, did I give you... I gave you the clue for that, right? Because you're... Did you? you? I should have. I mean, I don't know. Because that's... Whenever you come across locked opacity you get some idea of what um what is locking you off oh i gotta update everybody's ages i'm not doing that uh huh maybe it's under theo spells connections nope where did I put this? Or did you fail? I think I failed. Okay. Okay. That's why. Um, now that said, um, uh, I kind of like the idea that there's been these failures after failures. Um, and, you know, not even necessarily that it's locked. Maybe maybe it's a mental thing for her. I don't know how mm-hmm. you necessarily want to play it. Um, but uh, rather than make you roll, because... If you do bump up against the locked opacity. I was looking, I was like, I don't see that you've written it down. But yes, um, most definitely there is a locked opacity. Um, and very specifically, uh, further scrutiny is locked until the eclipse or an eclipse. And, uh, or more, more f- flowerly more fluffy um you know basically the the veil over her 
uh, you know, will last until the sun is veiled. Which at first seems like, oh god, that's terrible. That's the, oh, oh wait, yeah. hang on, no, the, the eclipse <laughs> is right. thing. <laughs> okay. Interesting. It's a good thing you got a witch in your coven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know if she can. She's at the the level yet to just make it happen. So, <laughs> but this is the thing: eclipses happen all the time, right? They happen on an almost yearly basis mm-hmm. in our reality, right? Yeah, partially, so, and depending on where you are, and yeah, that's that's true. And you have a mastigos who can take you places. So if she <clears throat> divines when an eclipse might happen, uh, yeah, it's something to go on anyway. Yeah. Fun fact, uh, historically speaking, um, yes, there is one in 1847. It was a month ago. Out in the <laughs> middle of the, uh, is that Indian Ocean? Uh, basically west of Australia in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but don't worry, there's another one coming up in October. It lasts for eight minutes. It's, uh... Oh, why, why are you giving, uh... I'm going to test my geographical skills here. Um, can we not have this in English, please? That uh, yeah, southeast of Turkey. Who's that? Is that Iran? I'm really bad. Sorry, folks. Um, but uh, yes. Um, <laughs> so you can you can pop out that way, um, or more specifically, and in reality. Uh, there will probably be a closer one, um, you know, generally speaking, in your guys' neck of the woods that you can find. Um, or, of course, there's other ways to find an eclipse, cause an eclipse, stuff like that. Veil the sun. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some options. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I kind of like the idea of like possibly studying Valosia while she sleeps. So there's no like, you know, why is mom looking at me so intently mm. kind of vibe? Well, no, the, the plan was for after she was asleep. Right. That, and that's what I was saying. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. So she lays down to sleep, go check up on her and have a moment of like staring and then just this click of, oh, is this why? That realization and, and possibly like, ooh, ooh. So after studying the supernal, that's, uh, excuse me, not supernal, um, high speech, um, and noticing a couple of these symbols that you know, like, I don't get what those are and just kind of ignoring them and they don't feel like tied to her soul. And then all of a sudden realizing, oh, oh, that's a, not necessarily date and time, but that is a correlation. That is, that is the locked opacity and now with your fluent high speech recognizing um, that uh, as the the key to locking, unlocking the opacity. Okay. So, uh, yeah, just another little thing on your guys' wish list of things to do. Got a journal, got a solar eclipse to figure out, got to send some oh, folks yeah. home back to, to whence they came, got to join a spirit court or, well become boss of <laughs> so uh, dun, dun, dun. I believe 
that is it. That today. takes us to nine. Yep. Um, so thank you all for joining us. Uh, as always, if you want to support us monetarily, that's patreon.com slash occultist anonymous or just staylucky.club. Way easier URL. If you want to join us on Discord, that's www.yeetinto.space. Uh, come by, hang out. Uh, it's it's a great community. Come see really cool dragonflies. Uh, come see really bad memes, uh, people's puppies, uh, which, by the way, yes, come see Maito Singh's puppy, Joey. <laughs> it's a handsome pupper. Uh, it's a mascot at this point. Yeah. Uh, I keep, I, yeah. Uh, he's, he's, he's a good one. Um, and, uh, yeah, come hang out. We'd love to. We'd love to chat with you. Love to see you. Uh, even if you're behind on the series, I promise it is safe. It is cool. You're very welcome here. Even if you're like, wow, you know, I'm kind of over this mage thing. That's cool. Come tell us about the stuff that you're playing. Uh, we we like to hear about that stuff. It's a lot of fun. Come hear about the wacky. There's no way in hell I'm running that crossover Chronicles of Darkness in space game. Absolutely not. But watch it vicariously. And yeah, uh, there's some there's there's it's some good stuff. Something. Yeah. Um, so come by, hang out. Uh, and of course, hey, if you want to support us, there is some merch that you can get. Um, that's more just to have and and join in. Uh, announce that you are amenable to witchcraft um or yeah oh, yeah there's there's yeah there's some good stuff there that doesn't necessarily brand you okay no it'll definitely brand you as a giant nerd but uh you know yeah nothing wrong with that nope uh otherwise i will well we will catch you all next week bye see you later <laughs>